Jam-packed to the rafters, let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being back with us here for episode 221 as we kick off a new season. It is May 3rd, 2021, and we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always. I'm Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. How are you doing, Michael? New month. New month. New, New season. Month. The month of my birth. Yes, it yes. is your birth month. Yeah. It is. That's very exciting. It's very, it's it's a it's going to be a big deal. It is year. a big deal. Yeah. And you know what else is a big deal, Quinn? What? We're back here. We were off last week. We had, oh, well, yeah. Not off, but <laughs> we're yeah, never I, off. I was watching WCW. We were watching right? WCW last week. If you missed that one, you can check it out. We went through Spring Stampede 94, and it was a fun time. It was a stampede. It was a stampede. There Something was a lot came of through stampedes. very harsh. It was very harsh, but... Hopefully, folks, this isn't harsh for you to listen to. We're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling again. Glad to be back with you to kick off a new season. We've got a new opening segment, got a new Royal Rankings and Royal Flush, and we will get to that very shortly. But before we do, just want to remind you, if you want the daily wrestling clips, all you have to do is follow us on Twitter if you don't. At OVP Podcast. Quinn, there's no drama over there? Zero drama. No just drama. Clips. That's it. Just watching wrestling clips. Isn't that easy? Yeah. It's so easy. You, you go over there and you see old people fight. <laughs> when they were young. <laughs> Sometimes I, when they were old, too. You should work in marketing, Quinn. I old do people it. fight at OVP I've Podcast already, on I've Twitter. Already, on something we did, I've already talked about how I could lead a marketing department. I could be the next Don Draper, really. You could really be the next John, Don Draper, yes. Yeah. I, like he was a real person. That's what I've always thought of you. Yeah. 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 Can, the real person, you Don could Draper. really be Don Draper. Anyway, folks, uh, back to the wrestling and things. So you can follow us on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if people want to talk to you and me in hundreds, actually over a thousand retro wrestling fanatics is where, Michael? Over at uh, facebook.com slash Don Draper. It's a great site. Don Draper fan site, really. You're such a mad man. I mean, that's that's his mm. first function, but its section second function is retro wrestling, <laughs> really. And you know how you find it? You type in, in a search bar on Facebook, you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, two score, Fluey. And you hit the join the group button and you're in. Is that all the, All you have to That's do? That's all you have to do. And then you can get all your uh, Don Draper picks, <laughs> all that stuff. Now, I did hear that there's one rule to agree to and one rule only if you're going to join our Facebook group. It's don't be what? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that, folks, is you can talk about Don Draper. You can talk about the yeah. retro wrestling. But don't go on a bender and go across the country right. and meet weird people and then come back and ask for your job back. That's exactly. Like Don Draper. Don't we, do that. We don't condone that. And also, don't be an asshole. Yeah. Those are the two yeah, rules, basically. Exactly. And also, just be nice to each other. No personal attacks and things like that. Just have fun and do that on Facebook. And if you want to support us, we got a another pay-per-view review coming out uh, next week. And that not until next week, Jake. Yes. And that will be Royal Rumble 1993 Whoa. style. Yeah. Whoa. And you can get that and every previous WWE pay-per-view review going back to the first WrestleMania on Patreon at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And of course, that's if you want more OVP content. All right. Now, Michael. Yes. Big 
news with this new opening segment, okay? The biggest. Now, in the past, Quinn, we have fancied ourselves. We've been, we've fancied. We're pretty fancy. As a game show host before. Oh, we've yeah. done this. Oh, we've done that before. Every now and then we get a new offer. We do a new game show, right? It comes through HQ and Ogden. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Don Draper might be involved. Yeah. And this time around, we have asked you, the fans, to make a declarative statement, to give us an opinion that you really, truly hold about retro wrestling and end it with change my mind. So all season long, Quinn and I are going to try to change your mind. Welcome to Change Your Mind, where Michael Quinn and myself will be taking your wrestling opinion and seeing if we can change your mind. And you so can peppy. It's there's a lot of pep. This is so peppy. <laughs> it's a great song. And if you want to participate in this, it's open. You can do it all season long. There is a Facebook post about it over in the group on the Don Draper fan yeah, site Don over Draper, there. Regional manager of OVP <laughs> Podcast. So you are welcome to uh, present an opinion. But guess what? For the opener here, we have a very lucky contestant. The first contestant market in your history books mm-hmm. on Change Your Mind is Josh Kuhn. Oh, welcome, Josh Kuhn. Josh Kuhn. Now, Everyone Josh clap. Kuhn. Big fan of the show. Big fan. Unabashed Hulkamaniac yes. as well. He's got, he's got an he opinion care. about he, Hulk. Now, Josh Kuhn says this. 1992 and 1993 Hogan is actually good and, <laughs> and would have been a better option at the time for the WWF than Bret Hart or Yokozuna. Changed my mind. The house that Hulk Hogan built, the WWF. I'm about to lay the down card down, brother. Right in the All-American City, Dayton, Ohio on the 13th. King of the ring. Doesn't mean a thing. What it means is the main event is going down, brother. Joshy, Joshy, Joshy. Joshua. Where do I start? Joshua. So, uh, so you want to give the history of like Hulk coming in first so yeah. that I can show you my disdain for sure. it? Okay. There you go. Now, Quinn and I, we're generally pretty fair. To yes. Hulk Hogan. We are. We are. Well, other than the kicking out of finishers, which <laughs> I just, I cannot accept that. And to be clear, we're talking about the wrestling persona, not the real life Terry Bolero. Right, right. Nothing about Terry here. We, uh, we've done all the pay-per-views that involved Hogan. Right. We've seen his career a real lot. And I got to tell you, you know, 84, 87 Hogan, Quinn, pretty likable pretty good. character. But Andre, you got to face the truth, brother. In its purest form, man. The purest truth there is, man. The training, the saying, the prayers, the eating, the vitamins. And to beat me, man, you got to beat every Hulk maniac, every little Hulkster in the world, everyone that plays it straight, all the ones that don't take any shortcuts, brother. Even up to 89, although he starts to get a little hairy in mid-89. Things, things get a little sticky with the Macho Man and Elizabeth, right? right. And that might be the first sign that, okay, maybe Hogan's not quite on the up and up all the time. Right. He eliminates Savage from the Royal Rumble. He's been a little gropey with Liz a little bit. Right. Those right? were the first seeds of like, right. this guy might not be okay. But overall, through that stretch of time, you know, he gets turned on by people where he really isn't doing anything wrong. Like Paul Orndorff right. turned on, you know. There Bundy. is no shades of gray in the 80s, not basically. Too much, like, right? He's always right, other than Till the Macho Man, where it's questionable. Correct. He conquered Andre the Giant, right? Yeah. He beat King Kong Bundy. He Nothing really wrong there. And then we get to 89, and it's a little questionable. But he rebounds in 90, uh, the first part of 90. He's back to his normal self to take on the Warrior. Yeah. We like Hogan. We like him. It's all good. That earthquake sits on him, injures him. Let's be honest, Quinn. That's not very nice. No. <laughs> but I feel like this sit changed Hulk's personality. He became a real 
<laughs> yo, dude, I'm <laughs> radical and everyone <laughs> fucking sucks and I always deserve to win. Like, so, that's yes. like, this, this is where his mind was changed <laughs> about who he should be. When he comes back at SummerSlam, something's changed. Something's missing. Yeah. The likability of Hogan has taken a dive by yeah. the summer of 1990 and the title wave and all that stuff that he talks the about writing. He starts talking about how, like, even though his friend Ultimate Warrior beat him, right? That he's like, I'm going to get the title back, brother. I'm <laughs> better than fucking everyone. This champion sucks right now. And title he, wave. George, George Washington, Washington Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> And just as Thomas Bossman Jefferson stood at the side of George Washington Hogan as I chopped down the cherry tree with the 24-inch pythons. It's amusing at first, but then it starts to manifest itself as we get to 1991. Right. So his 91 is whatever, right? He wins the Royal Rumble. He beats Slaughter. It's fine. It's whatever. But by the end of the year, when he's taken on The Undertaker, you get the sense that maybe some people are starting to, like, why do we like this guy still? Well, the other thing is that he starts to exhibit these things like he's entitled to everything. Like he built the place and whatever whatever he wants happens. Like when he gets to Royal Rumble nineteen ninety two, he acts like he doesn't need to follow the fucking rules anymore. And that's where it begins. And Josh yeah. Kuhn specifically is talking about ninety two, ninety three Hogan, right? Right. Well, ninety two does not start off good for the Hulkster. I'm gonna tell you why I don't like him in ninety two. It's the Royal Rumble mainly. Yeah. Because what happens now is Sid, is it rude? Maybe, is it like, you know, a little mean that Sid eliminated them from behind? But it's, sure. Yeah, but it's not against the rules. <laughs> right, it's ethical. He was like, in the match, <laughs> right. it's every man for himself. It's not every every man on Hulk's side. Y right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and from what I understand, are there any friends or is it only foes? It's only foes. There's no friends. So if you go out, if somebody gets you out, even if they're your friend, it doesn't matter. They're, they're your foe. They're supposed to be your foe inside that squared circle. Maybe when you leave, you're friends. <laughs> yeah, but in there? Yeah. You're a foe. You're a foe. And Hogan had done the same to other people in the past, so I don't want to hear it. Right. He yeah. had done that to people. Well, he knows the <laughs> rules that everyone's a foe. The pattern that makes you a foe on a subconscious level is needing to be the one to reflect someone's shadows to someone. It's maybe one thing if Sid eliminated him from behind and Hogan was like, okay, I'm pissed off about this, but left. Yeah. No. You know, it would have <laughs> even been better, you know, honestly, if Hulk had just said, I think this is bullshit that I got fucked in that match with the undertaker right yeah and that i have to get my title back in a royal rumble that's yeah. bullshit like right. if he had said that that's fine but instead he strolls into this rumble just <laughs> expecting everyone to melt to him <laughs> and just like brother i should be the champion right. what if everyone nobody should even try to get me out and like, then he and then he eliminate he helps rick flair the heel eliminate sid Yes. That's such horse. Just just because he feels like Sid didn't toe the line, <laughs> right? right? Uh, the Hulk Hogan, you got to be his friend uh, shit. So that's strike one for 92 Hogan, right? It's a right? big strike, It's though. a huge like, strike. It's a, it's a massive, it really puts a dent into his character. And a, I, you start to notice immediately, like a lot of people are like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> right. like, fuck this guy. And now he's going to fight Sid at the WrestleMania, right? Right. And it's like, it might be his last match. I don't know, brother. It might have rough stuff, you know? I, I hate it. <laughs> Everyone knows he's not going to leave wrestling because his movies suck ass. <laughs> Come on. Really? They are some rough stuff. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good like description. They, he, even in 1992, you had to know he didn't have a future in Hollywood. Like, it's just <laughs> like, it's like an excursion. Yeah, it's like, a He's going to be jaunt. back eventually, right. even if it's like a two-year break. or whatever. <laughs> you, he's, Like, even back then, you had to know, right? You, you figured, you yeah. figured, right? What, what the hell is Hulk Hogan going to do? Like, be a TV star or something? Yeah, sure. And then we're coming back after I get done with my next movie called Rough Stuff, and we're going after the WWF title. 
And then the match against Sid, we've talked about it a lot, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but he looks very uninterested in doing this match right. at WrestleMania 8. Remember? Like, the, he's over, and the crowd does like him in Indianapolis. I'm not going to take that away from him. It is a big deal. But he just looks so unmotivated. I'm not tired. I'm not hurt. I'm just bored, brother. I'm just bored, brother. Just bored, brother. Bored, brother. I'm just bored, brother. I'm just bored, brother. And then we're done with Hogan mm. for the entire rest of 1992. But he rears, he rears his head, his skinny face, in early 93 again. And this is where a line is crossed, Joe. If something <sighs> is wrong, I, I, I can't explain okay. it. So I get wanting to avenge the face of your friend Brutus Beefcake, right? Because he comes his back. His literal face. Yeah, his literal face. Uh, because Money Inc. attacked them. And also... That was mean. They shouldn't have, like, beat the fuck out of him with a briefcase. Right. That's not nice, right? Even though they're the best team ever, we love money. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. And even Jimmy's like, no, baby. And he turns face, even though he was always a face. He was always a face. (laughs) He said, this is a line too far. Like, I love you, Money Inc., but you guys... You can't do that to his face. You can't. Because I'm a face. That's not right. Right. You know, like, so Jimmy Hart's like, now he's like a real face. Right. Like, actually, I should say official face. Because he was always a face. Correct. And Hogan's like, you know what, brothers, this isn't right. I'm going to come help Brutus Beefcake. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, but that didn't have nothing to do with Brutus's mug at all. Okay, we get it. You know, he's not going for the world title or anything. But wait a sec. It already, already, <laughs> now I have a problem. Okay, right? what is it? Because it's, yeah, that's fine that he comes to help his friend, right? Yeah. But immediately, like, hey, dudes, you fucking suck ass. Call <laughs> Hogan's always been the best brothers, like million dollar, billion dollar man, you Stink multi-million dollar man fuck you <laughs> and you know you're not gonna win because i kick out of everything like it's he it's the way he starts acting on the promos like you can see it and it's really annoying when we drive from venice all the way down to malibu beach with the wwf tag team titles on the front of our wide lines brother but you know something money incorporated the new song we've been training to goes just like this getting to know you getting to know all about you shut the fuck up so we get to WrestleMania 9. It is a big deal. Sure. Hogan's coming back. Big return match. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. He's going to team with Beefcake. Now these assholes cheat. Yeah. And they get all pissy when Danny Davis runs out and is like, no, you fucking cheated. You lose by DQ. Right. And then they take IRS's briefcase, which has confidential tax documents in it. And a brick. And a brick. Well, you never know when you're going to need which a brick. Which I always confused <laughs> with being in Sherry's purse for whatever reason, <laughs> just that specific moment. <laughs> and and they're so dicky about it. They're like, look how good we are. We stole their money. Hulk and Beefcake do this like weird posing with, I fucking hate Hate it. It like makes my skin crawl how douchey they are. That like money pose they thing they did. They stole the money. Yeah. They stole. And they start giving money. it to people. And Natalie Cole. So. Yeah, they liter- yeah, like she needs it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the Pocono CEO say guy. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, probably. Yeah. And that's fine. Fine. It's annoying, but okay, I can forgive it. Because it, you know it's like whatever. It's yeah. money ink. This is what happens no big to deal. them, right? They, it's they, did, they did act dicky towards them. No, they were mean. Yeah. They were mean. They got what they deserved, right? But then Yokozuna wins the world title later that night. Right, and you're like, what does this have to do with Hulk Hogan? And previously, Hogan does this backstage interview where he challenges the winner. That's why right now, Bret Hart, I'm issuing a challenge to either you or the Jap, brother. Based on what? I don't know. Based off losing the match before (laughs) by DQ. By cheating. 
Well, brother, you know, if the tag championship division doesn't want me, brother, I'll just have to win the world title. I deserve a shot, right? I haven't been here for a year. I know. What is that? I didn't even beat anybody. Literally didn't beat anyone since he came back. I'm, I'm, it's my belt, brother. Yeah. Like, you know, that's literally, he walks in and just presumes that he should be the champion. Exactly. What's likable about that? Nothing. What is likable? Nothing. So he wins it. Meanwhile, Bret Hart's like struggled <laughs> to get the title for like a decade or whatever. You know, I've been doing this for eight and a half long years, Yokozuna. No, he's fought all comers because literally he's had to. Right. Just he's to not- even get a shot. He's had to fight fucking Papa Shango. Berserker. Like Skinner and right. shit. Like, you know he's, what I mean? He's knocked out by Luger at the WrestleMania brunch earlier that day. Yeah. He's got all sorts of bull crap to deal with. And Hogan's right. like, oh, brothers. And then Fuji making the mistake of his life. Kind Right. So you okay? Tell tell what happens to Mr. Brett over here. So obviously Brett gets the salt, and then Hogan comes out to check on him. Yeah, sure he does. And then um, he's just looking out for his title (laughs) shot. You can even tell right there, (laughs) even in kayfabe. So Fuji invites him in, and uh, Hogan wins the title. Now I'd like to give you. Let's talk about the business end of this. A nice list of all of Hogan's title defenses between WrestleMania Nine and King of the Ring. There you go. There's zero. Not I'd, even on the house shoe circuit. Zero. There, nothing. Title okay. defenses. Wow. I'd like to give you a list of all of Hogan's TV matches between WrestleMania 9 and King of the Ring. That's a so, lot. What, you know what he did as world champion on the house show loop between mm-hmm. WrestleMania 9 and King of the Ring? He teamed with Beefcake to take on Money, Inc. Again? Yeah. Why? I don't know. So, He's already got a belt. Why has he got to go for the tag titles? So here's the thing. Joshua. Joshua. Oh, Josh. Ooh, We love you. Yeah, we, we love we Josh, love too. You. What is actually good about him? I don't think there is much. Nothing. He's like, just fucking irritating. From a character standpoint, have you heard his 93 promos? He's so irritating. You, like, He's mean. <laughs> There's one on, like, Raw that I cannot stand. Like, it's, like, right when he comes back. Yes. Like, it's so bad. And him and Beefcake together, forget about it. And yeah. then the, the ones where Jeans with them on the Thunder and Paradise set, Ugh. that might as well be 94 WCW. Might as well be. There's yeah. nothing likable about him. He's a jerk off. He's egotistical. They're, like, look, whatever traces of likability there were from the 80s are gone by 93. I will say this. It's not that I never liked Hogan again. It's that it took him turning heel for me to like him. To appreciate him at <laughs> yeah, least, yeah, right? Because after this point, he's just fucking unbearable like right. he goes to wcw and he just walks in he's like rick flair stinks brother i'm gonna beat him and then he just does because it's like you know what i mean like uh, he doesn't fight anybody he just he's immediately like i gotta be the world champion of this place you know what i mean it's that same fucking attitude remember he gets all mad that they shave his mustache and he turns into fucking zora or something and then it's like Fuck them! And he just like big boots are it just wins automatically. Like doesn't it? Like six hundred people fight him in a cage. Yeah, Macho Man helps him. They just they just go through it like like it's like it's nothing. And that all started around this time in ninety three. Yeah, it's all the same continuation. It's not until the fans finally just like put their hands up. Fuck this! They start booing him early on in the Zorro, <laughs> and then he turns back. Whatever, and, and then and then the heel. Once the heel happens, people are literally cheering. They're like, because he is it's, a heel. Like, <laughs> Bobby Heenan was right. Yeah. So, again, the, the statement here that changed my mind is Hogan is actually good. I don't see where. Not, you know what? Not, I, I'm serious. I'm not, not trying to be mean. Not from calendar year 93. Yeah. Until 96. Like the bash at the beach or whatever yeah. it is, 96. And would have been a better option. So, this is a business question, right? Better option at the time for WWF than Brett or Yoko. Well, 
that's not a hypothetical. He was an option. Like they did do it and it didn't do anything. First of all, listen, listen, from a business standpoint, I get it. I get why Vince was trying to get the golden goose again to lay the golden egg or whatever the mixed metaphor I'm doing is, right? I understand Hogan was the guy that since 1984 until 1992, he was the guy. So I understand Vince wanting to go to that well again. Vince has a perfectly good business it. explanation. I get that, it. And, and here's, here's the other thing, though. It's like, I even think he must have been expecting more from him, right? Not just like to show up on house shows every now and then. That's the thing. Like, to me, that's where this went wrong. Because if he was a regular fixture on the television and shit like that... You know right. what I mean? But he wasn't. He did taped promos from Thunder he was and Paradise. On Raw a lot, like a post WrestleMania. Yeah. It's really the Hulk Hogan, the greatest wrestler in the world, the world's champion for the fifth time in disguise, man. You know, this just gives us a lot of momentum, brother. Now that I'm the champ for, like I said, the fifth time. Imagine if he wrestled on Raw, what a boost that would have been. Even like. Twice between April and June, if he had read, literally, just even twice. Because I, I mean, know it just has to be a squash of like anybody. Like it doesn't matter. Damian Demento, I don't yeah. give a shit. You know, just on Raw and like imagine Hulk Hogan interacting with the like the more active crowd in New York City. It right. would have been like kind of great. Would have gotten booed, I bet. Right, but it, it would have it would have been fun to see him Hulk his way out of that because right. he's very he's very wily at getting like during that time period. He's very it's very interesting how he can wiggle his way out of getting booed. Or we might have seen uh, scared Hogan face, you right. know, when he gets booed. Sometimes he does yeah. that. But listen, from a business point of view, why Vince did it, I really do understand that. You've got Bret Hart. Business is down before Bret Hart's the champion. Business has been down for a long time. Right. Right. When Flair was champion, when Savage was, it's just diving. A lot of reasons for that. I get why you want to bring Hogan back. But the character's not likable. And it's That's- not just our opinion. It's like, <laughs> it's literally everyone else sees it. <laughs> There's nothing likable about him. Yeah. The thing is, Hogan as champion during this period of time was not necessarily a better option than Bret or Yoko. I'm not saying he was worse. I'm not saying it was worse. I don't think anyone, if Hogan couldn't turn the business around in 93, then who was going to? Yeah. It also doesn't help that, and I, I know I always say this, but it doesn't help that like Macho Man isn't doing anything. Well, I know. Like, like at least contributing. Like not, he doesn't have to be the champion. Just like it's eating grapes, Quinn. Yeah. He's eating fucking grapes, and I don't like it. <laughs> How many times do I have to say this about 1993? There's so many problems like this, like little things, like that they could have made it like better, right? Right. It's just it's it's upsetting because it's just they kind of like left Yoko and Brett to just okay figure it the fuck out, yeah, right? It's like right. No, none of these old timers are willing to like go down on them cleanly. Imagine if they had like a face versus face match at like at like, maybe be, they didn't even do the King of the Ring title shot yet. They like have Brett versus Hogan. Sure. And then maybe Brett gets a win. Yeah, right. Like, or something. And there's like a handshake brother. Hogan like would have never Warrior. done it, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, I know what could have been. Like, I'm just, it's the fact that he won't like pass anything on. He's still just acting like he's Mr. Invincible and it sucks. It is. It's tired and it's stale. And like you said a, a couple of minutes ago, the character is not likable in 1993. No. There's no reason to cheer for him. He just says he's the best and he isn't. And he's a jerk. And another thing, real quick, on the business end, Bret Hart had been a real champion in the sense of, you know, previous champions where do the whole entire house show loop, defend the title, have TV matches, and then you go from that where your title is visible and your champion is visible, and then Hogan is doing some house shows and never, literally not once, defending the title 
why put it on him? Why is that a better option? Because that, you know what I mean? Know who he is? That's the bottom line. And, what Vince thought, and it did nothing. In my help, opinion, you know. it didn't help. It didn't help the perception of 1993 anyway. I, so I think the one thing about having Brett or even Yoko as the champions and not Hulk during that time is it would it help them establish who the fuck they were because they would have been on everything. That's the thing. That's why it would have been better. Who knows what could have become of Bret Hart's run if it had kept going after WrestleMania 9. I'm not saying it would have been Hogan levels. I'm not dumb. You know what I mean? Everything was down. Yeah. But how? what, did, what was good... About Hogan's 93 run. Seriously, what yeah. was good about it? I can't come up with anything. You got anything? Uh, was anything good? No. Well, it, jo- it was all waiting until he left after <laughs> yeah. Like Everyone was just like, can we move on from Pick this? Pick up the pieces here? Yeah, it's like, because obviously they want to do something with Luger. And yeah. Luke, they, all this stuff probably got delayed because Hulk's just like, yo, brother, I'm the best. Right. Fuck everyone. So, Josh Kuhn, you know we love you. And we appreciate you being the very first contestant here on Change Your Mind. And folks, if you want us to change your mind, do it on our Facebook group. You can put your statement in, put your opinion in, and maybe you will be one of the lucky few selected for this season. But let us know what you think. Did we change your mind, Josh Kuhn? And folks, let us know where your mind lays on this one. You can do that, of course, on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn... When we come back, it is the first Royal Rankings of the season. We're talking world title changes. That's right. The Royal Rankings of world title changes is coming up right after this. Well, you know, just before I ran into the salt water, brother, I took her out of the shower. And as I was washing her down and stroking her tanks, as I wrapped the largest legs in the world around her gas tanks, brother, all of a sudden, I got hit between the eyes with a lightning bolt. And as I ran down to the shores of the Pacific Ocean, I put the front forks of my wide glide in about three feet of salt water. And with a palm tree in one hand and a hippie in the other, I looked to the big brother in the sky and I said in Dayton, Ohio who's gonna be king of the ring? Ha <laughs> ha, guess what happened Gio? I wanna know the answer. The pythons started to swell. The veins down the pythons were filled with ice cold water brother and as I felt the power of the Hulkamaniacs, as I felt the power of the pythons and as I realized for the fifth time, I was the greatest champion there ever was, ever is, or ever will be. I also realized that Yokozuno, 525 pounds of stench, wart-infested Japanese, was going over my head for the ride. And as I slammed him down in the center of the ring, he will bow to Hulkamania. Are you looking for something new? You've got to try C. Howard Violets. That's right, guys. I promise you've never had a candy like this before. They're unique. They're delightful. They're addicting. And listen, I wouldn't do this if they weren't. In fact, I want you to go to cHowardCompany.com right now. Pause the show. Pick up their sampler. Get a pouch of Violets. Heck, buy a Violet shirt. Just tell them OVP sent you there. You've heard about the blue chew. Well, this is the purple chew, and I'm telling you, these things are truly delicious. Even Quinn likes them now. Again, that's cHowardCompany.com. The letter C, HowardCompany.com. And remember, tell them OVP sent you there, because you've got to try the violets. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 221 here on Monday, May the 3rd, 2021. Quinn is still with me. 
Hi. See, he is. He was yeah. picking up his Shawn Michaels figure. He, he fell between the cracks. He was sitting there, and I was very concerned. He was wiggling. I was he, concerned about him. He was wiggling. But folks, don't let Patreon slip through your cracks, uh, <clears throat> because we do have a lot of extra content available, and that is if you like what we do now. If you don't, then there's no point. But if you do, and you want more of what we do, again, we mentioned it earlier, mention it one more time, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's two distinct separate shows that we do on there, in addition to this one. It's two bucks a month for the 1983 canon, which Quinn is now a weekly show. Very weekly. Every we're, Friday. We're reason through 1983 now. Yes, and we are actually soon it'll be the 1984 canon. If you want to hear us go through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling since January of 82, and who doesn't, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. It's $2 a month. Yeah, That's wow. 50 cents a week crazy and it supports us and if you don't want to again this is okay you can also get the free ones on youtube and you can get them on this podcast feed they're older ones though I think there's like almost there's 60 50, yeah. there's almost 60 on there now so check them out if you want to and then on patreon the only other tier is five dollars right and five dollars a month is going to get you the 1983 canon and it's also going to get you the pay-per-view reviews that we talked about and wouldn't you know it, timing-wise, next month when we get to do WrestleMania 9 there for June. We can, we can tell you all the nitty-gritty details and really bitch about Hogan. <laughs> and coming up, like I said, next week will be uh, Royal Rumble 93. And you get every prior review back to WrestleMania 1. These come out once a month, and they are three hours, sometimes four. They're big boys. They're big boys. They're, they're heavyweights, if you will. They're designed to be listened to over a period of time where you could binge listen. People have all different ways, and it's a really fun time if you want to hear what we think of the pay-per-views. So again, that's if you want to support us, if you like what we do, we love to give you extra content and you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael, yes, guess what it's time for, Mikey? It's time for the Royal Rankings. The new Royal Rankings. New Quinn. edition. Always exciting when we yeah. start a new one. New upgraded edition. Upgraded edition. It's almost the same. It's just a different topic. <laughs> now, if we have some new listeners that might be wondering, hey, what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Hey, what is that? What is that? Okay, well, each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. For this season, it was world title changes. WWF, WCW, NWA, they're all eligible. Any world title. Any world title. At the end of the voting, what Joe Merkel, our chief statistician, does is he takes all your votes, he compiles them into two separate tanks, one for the best and one for the worst. And then each episode, we pull two out at a time and we rank them, okay? So this is the first one for the rankings, which is the best. By the end of the season, what you're going to have is the definitive certified organic, non-GMO, baptized, ordained, USDA certified, organic and healthy, best and worst world title changes of all time. Michael, before we get to this, I think it's important we might establish a quick set of criteria. We're not just talking about match quality, although that's going to play into this, of, of course. course. But, yeah. But well, I, you know, honestly, I think the biggest thing here is memorability because the mm -hmm. world title changes, there's like a million of them. Like, it, it, yeah, I well, think memorability is. is actually like going to be the big heavy hitter factor this time. It, it'll around. be heavy. Yeah. It'll more, be heavy. More so than most because, again, we're talking about something that's a little more common than WrestleMania match. Correct. Yeah. Or we, something. Last season we did WrestleMania main events. This yeah. is different. So this is world title changes. So I think, yeah, memorability, perhaps the context, you know, meaning yeah. the, the surrounding context, the lead up to it. Maybe the importance of the said importance, title switch. Maybe it's the like impact era defining kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or did it kick off a really good reign for a really right. good champion? A so, Roman reign. <laughs> thing, yeah, right. <laughs> yes, a Roman reign. 
So those are some of the things. And obviously, as we do this throughout the season, you're going to have your own rankings. You can let us know those on Twitter or join the group. But Quinn, without any further ado, I believe it is now time to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Mankind did it! We've got a new world champion! No, we don't either. Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Look at the big splash! One, two, and go! The first undefeated It is the Royal Rankings of World Title Changes. Man, I'm excited, Michael. We'll see how this goes. I'm I'm very actually like I don't even know what could end up number one here. This is either really like there's nothing that pops out to me that says the greatest world title change of all time. Honestly, me neither. It needs a ranking, right? Because we need to make this decision. We need to figure this out, and you folks get to figure it out along with us. So, Quinn, we talked about some of our criteria. I'm sure we'll continue to establish that and file that down and narrow that down as we go on. But there is nothing like a good world title change, something maybe you've been really looking forward to, or there's also the surprise factor. Yeah, very, the surprise factor. There is the surprise factor. It goes hand in hand with the stinkage factor. Correct. So. The surprise factor. (laughs) With that said, is it time to find out who drew number one? Let's find it out. There's no better time than now. Goldberg, Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, mm-hmm. July 6, 1998, Nitro. I love this a lot. Wow. To me, it's one of the... WCW world title. It's one of the bigger WCW title changes ever. Like, let's... Can, can we be real about that? I'll it's be like, real. In their history, this is a big, big, big deal. I, I certainly agree with you. I think the lead up to get there was perfect. Because <sighs> the, Goldberg... Can, the, the build for Goldberg... <laughs> In my opinion, yeah, the build Goldberg gets really swept under the rug as nowadays with how people perceive Goldberg now as this old man that keeps coming back or whatever. Well, that's because it's true, right? But they always—I almost feel like the initial run gets forgotten, right? Like the—I the, don't think so. But go ahead, go ahead. It, I don't see it covered as much anymore. It, it's the stuff that they don't show. They always show the like the major matches. I'm talking about the mystery of the the real time build up to him and living through it and how big it was. I always say to people with Goldberg, you kind of had to be there to get it, right? I would think so. And if you were there, I'm sure you get it, folks. This obviously started September 97. And if you were watching WCW at that time, which a lot of people were, right. myself included and yeah. Quinn, uh, you saw this newcomer, Bill Goldberg, his first match, I believe he defeated Humorous. Humorous, <laughs> yeah, which, again, they, he was just standing in the ring like a fucking jobber. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, this 
Mr. Goldberg here, he's pretty big or whatever. <laughs> like nobody really thought, you know, you thought he's just going to lose like Lenny Lane or some shit, right? Like, yeah, right, right. Like seriously. Like the gambler. And, yeah, like, and he just fucking wins and you're like, what? Combination slam, one, two, three. They kind of like they don't even make that big of a deal with this. Like, oh, that's pretty surprising. Yeah. It's like let's go to break, and then you don't hear about him. For, <laughs> yeah. Like you, then you go to the next Saturday night. Like he starts to end up on the B shows. Yes, yeah, on like every show, and he just kicks fucking ass. Yep. Then after about that, that first week or two weeks or whatever, you're like, what the fuck's going on? And yeah. then he wins, and he keeps winning, and he keeps winning, and and they do this for I want to say until Starcade, until they really give him something. Yes. That's supposed to matter, but he keeps winning on everything. Yep, and his first feud is with uh, Mongo McMichael, which, by the way, shout out to Mongo. Yes, shout out, definitely. I, right. I, I heard about the yeah. news, and it's very upsetting. Support him if you can. Mongo and Bill Goldberg, and that made sense, because, first of all, two former football players, big guys. Yeah. Mongo with his, I don't care, baby, like, yeah. attitude. He, well, <laughs> what was great about that going into that was Mongo... Like you said, he didn't give a shit. He's like, Bill Goldberg's a jobber. Yeah. I'm Mongo, baby. He's like, credible somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mongo's credible in his own unique way. He's not yeah. some loser or anything. <laughs> he wins matches and shit. I'll kick your ass. Like, yeah. He's just like, I don't yeah. know. Backyard barbecue <laughs> yeah. fun with Goldberg, he's right? Great. And then he just gets his ass handed to him. And then that starts to signal, okay, this isn't just humorous, right? right. Like, this isn't just a bunch of fucking like Lenny Lane's right. losers on like gamblers and <laughs> right, Bobby right. Eaton fat edition Aww. on fucking I know, but it's on, real. On, on Saturday night and worldwide and stuff. Bobby like Ben Eaton. Yeah. You're a jerk. And then we get to 98. He has that match with Regal that everyone likes to talk about yeah, because yeah. Regal tries to actually wrestle. I know. But all of this, all this, like I said, it all, he's on every show. Everything. That is the biggest aspect to it and why we say to people like you kind of had to be there it's right thunder it's like even though we're saying like he's getting bigger even when he's ascending he's still beating up jabronis on like the b shows yes and and then appearing on nitro and maybe beating someone bigger that week yeah any show that has exclusive matches he's on he's saturday on, night he's thunder, absolutely nitro. everything and that works him into a u.s title shot right and it's raven april of 98 this and is where the he, it, things change, I think. He becomes a little bit more premier after this. This is like the seminal moment for right, Goldberg yeah. in terms of his, in my opinion, in WCW. Uh, he defeats Raven for the U.S. title. He, he does he does his movie thing on a stop sign. I remember yes. that. It's, it's amazing. And it's a great moment. Yeah. It makes sense. Okay, Goldberg is now the undefeated WCW U.S. champion. Yeah. And he parlays that throughout the rest of the spring and summer into wanting a world title shot against Hollywood Hogan. Now we go back to Hollywood Hogan real quick here. Basically, Hogan had been the champion for most of the last uh, entire time he was in WCW. Yeah. <laughs> specifically this time after the whole horrible Starcade 97 debacle, which hopefully will be covered in the Royal Flush. Right. Um, and then Sting had won it back. It was a whole crappy thing. Savage had it for like a day. Anyway, Hogan's a champion again. Yeah. Okay, it, since- it, it evened out to what it always is in WCW. Yeah. Hulk Hogan cannot lose. Right. So he, he's, he's a the champion. champion. Basically. Now, now, this is during the era where he will soon be feuding with Jay Leno. And, <laughs> but before got, that. Like, to be honest with you, I know we make fun of that, but that's a big deal for whatever reason. I love it. Yeah, I don't care. I don't stu- care. It's stupid. It's really I'm dumb. I'm not saying it's not stupid. But I love it. But as far as like WCW being in the in the mainstream, that's a big deal. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It really, we finally get this thing where Goldberg is going to get his match, but first he has to defeat, is it Scott Hall or somebody? Yeah, he's got to beat somebody in, in the NWO. Because what, first of all, why? 
Because remember, the NWO has the, they could pull the strings because Bischoff. I hate this. Well, it's just what makes the NWO like, honestly, the whole, the NWO being weirdly in control of management, I always personally felt that that was an aspect that it wasn't, that wasn't worn out yet. Mm-hmm. It, like it is nowadays. Yeah. Like to me, it made them more sinister, like that they infiltrated WCW management because they didn't tell, remember Bischoff was a surprise. They didn't tell anyone about Correct, that. Yeah. So that's why it was like, it was wow, logical. what a bunch of fuckers. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah. they got all this the big gang of people and they, and they can like control the matches that they're in. Like what a bunch of assholes. So what's the point of JJ Dillon then? Cause he's such a dope. Cause it's he's like, so dope. So remember, uh, Joe, let me dope. just, let me just on a side tangent, explain to you. The way WCW hierarchy he works. He's the commissioner, but... Right, but there's also the board of directors or governors it. or whatever. It. It's more of a democracy than WWF. Eric oh, Bischoff yeah, is real just, democratic. Eric Bischoff is just kind of a vote that he has a lot of political power in, like, essentially the Senate of WCW, right? So, okay. so he can make shit happen. That's basically how they portray it, right? And J.J. Dillon's like... The, he's like the other party, essentially. The WCW party, and they're trying to get rid of this NWO insurgency over here. That's what I really care about in wrestling. Yeah. In politics. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what WCW presented it as. So one way or another, we get there. And this is July 6, 1998. And for some context on that, it's in the Georgia Dome, by the way. WCW's absolute home turf. Right. You know what I mean? The fucking Georgia Dome. Yeah. For some context, you might be familiar with uh, about three months earlier was the first time the WWF defeated WCW in the ratings for 83 weeks. Right. You know, since 1996. Yep, yep. And they've been kind of going back and forth, but WWF was mainly getting the upper hand because they were better, obviously. What? They had been better for like a year, but they no one knew that. They weren't, though, until um, that. Yeah, the Heart Foundation angle. No, no, no. no, no. I just That's mean to say is that they, WCW wasn't that shitty. Is that what I said? Did yeah. I say WCW was shitty or did I say WWF was better? Well. Do I have to play the tape back? I'm yeah, going to play the tape back. Because they were better, obviously. What? They had been better for like a year. I feel like you're implying it a little bit. I am. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, let's forget all of that. My opinions aside, the fact of the matter is, is that they were very close neck in neck. Mm -hmm. And this was a biggie. Hogan Goldberg. Now, WCW has faced criticism, you know, after the fact. They're no no longer in business, by the way, for not building this to a pay-per-view. Which they could have done gang busters doing this on pay-per-view. Gang busters. Busters! Since we're talking, since this is about this world title yeah. change, I have a mixed opinion on this. Actually, like, what did they need at the time? Right? Look at the time. Well, what- at the time, television was their bread and butter. It was their. It's what kept them afloat. Was being on top. Right? Yeah. I think the way they perceived it, we need this win. We need to get a bunch of people more than usual to watch a WCW television show again, more than WWF, treat it like a party atmosphere. That whole episode is good. Oh, it is. It's a great episode of Nitro. And I remember very specifically, not, I wasn't sure when I tuned in that night when the Goldberg versus the Hulk Hogan match maybe was going to be in the first hour, second hour. So I might have, I believe I watched that entire show. I was barely watching WWF that night. Well, listen, from a counter-programming or a television programming perspective, it it makes total sense. Right. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But was that one win worth it? Because the amount of money you can make on a pay-per-view. And I I understand that. And what I'm trying to say is I don't think it was about that to them. I think it was about saying, we're back, baby. And you're going to love this fucking episode. And you're going to 
watch the shit out of it. You're not going to even flip the channel because you are so hot and ready for Hulk Hogan. Versus, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what they were going for. It was like going to be a brute force that like, if you love this so much, why you're going to stick with WCW next week. Like that was probably their thinking. Listen, right? Quinn, that's just, fair. If we blow it out of the water, this is going to fix all our problems. I, th- I really think that's what they thought. I think that's what they thought too. I just yeah. think that line of thinking perhaps could be a little flawed, but what oh do yeah, I know? it's you know absolutely what I mean? <laughs> flawed. But I, it, again, it's you it kind of had to be there. You, you knew the situation WCW was in at the time. Also, the fans were aware. Sure. Yeah, now, I do want to give you some context here before we're talking about the match itself. The week before, Raw had did a five point four. Nitro did a four one. This isn't bad. No, no, no. I yeah, know, I know. yeah. For this episode, Raw did a four, and Nitro did a four eight. So yeah, it turned, by it, it turned him around. Yeah. The following week, though, Raw was back on top again and would stay that way until mid-August. And I and I understand that that's really disappointing for WCW. They that's probably what I mean. they this episode of Nitro. I really do. I've watched the whole thing. It's excellent. Like the oh, whole is, thing. Quinn. Like the whole undercard's great. It like, yeah, it's is. a great episode of Nitro. So it's just upsetting. I guess that they they put a lot of effort into this and they thought they were presenting essentially a pay-per-view quality show on Monday night that week. Which you can laud them for. I yeah. mean, I totally understand yeah. that. It, and you know what? They do have the advantage of, by putting it on cable television, a lot more people can see it. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Right? And anyway, so we get to the match, and I gotta give some credit to several people in this whole ensemble here for this July 6, 98 match. Hollywood Hogan himself. Oh my god, he's so good at this. Because he's playing, to a T, his evil Hogan role perfectly. Goldberg, I'm gonna kick your... But I'll never forget that. It just encapsulates Hollywood Hogan. Yep. Can't curse, but he's yep. evil. Like, yeah. <laughs> Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Oh my God. Just the way he's selling this as if this truly is the most important night in the history of our sport. It almost is for WCW at that. Like the way this really was a big deal. It was a huge deal. It's the one time. They did something he, right, yeah, by the way. It's the one time when he says this and it, it means something. It's very rare that WCW did something right yeah. during this period of time. They really can't be like, <laughs> you really can't shit on them for this being a bad thing. This, I know. this big match here. And I got to give credit to another guy who gets almost none in WCW. Bobby Heenan. Maybe his last good call. Oh, my God. But he's really good in this match. I love him this whole match rooting for Goldberg because it means that, like, maybe WCW will return back to normal. Maybe the NWO will finally be defeated because there's right. this, like, practically, like, UFC real deal fighter. <laughs> right. That, what are the NWO going to do about that? He could beat the shit out of all of them. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? It's perfect. Yeah. So, obviously, there's some attempted interference by, I believe, Kurt Hennig, but, like, DDP and Carl Malone right now. Again, it's 1998. Well, you gotta hype the Jalen out there. It's a big deal. It is. Nobody crap on that. (laughs) Goldberg gets the spear, gets the jackhammer, the fans go wild. Oh my god, the, the the post like even as Goldberg's pinning him, I remember the toilet paper streamers yes. going in and like the 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 atmosphere in that crowd is like I will say this, Joe, it is like nothing that ever happened on Raw. Like that crowd, like you see them bumping. It's like, like in the some back. stuff that happened on Raw. 
the the specifically the way the crowd i don't know it's that weird wcw vibe where everyone's fucking drunk in the crowd like oh, almost yeah. everyone it, probably it, true. it's way different than WWF. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to explain it there's people like jumping and you almost like see like a vibration of people like going throwing shit in the oh, ring man, the stone cold beat a huck hogan yeah exactly it's it's just it's madness in that it georgia is, though, dome man. no it is it yeah. is it's a big deal it's a, it's a one-of-a-kind moment yes that wcw presented there and i want you to remember how they did this right quinn when we have to inevitably talk about starcade 97 because that's how that should have been fucking done right this is how you do it correctly or the year before when luger did it correctly yes it's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot more like the luger i think what killed always the momentum of this moment was what happened at starcade 98 Oh, we all know that. Like, they, Absolutely. they could have carried this like excitement, this jumping up and down, and <laughs> oh my god, Bill Goldberg is the greatest thing to ever happen. Like, they had it. Like, they they had lightning in a bottle, and all they had to do was make it beat the fucking shit out of people every month. It's like, pretty much all they had to do, right? They didn't have to poke uh, a cattle prod at it or anything. They no. didn't need to give it a jolt. That <laughs> like. But that's what they did. That's what they did. And uh, it's what I will always criticize them about. And it's always why I tell people that Star K98 is the bigger folly than any of the other stuff. Because they, they it's have, a huge folly. Yeah, it's it's a much larger folly than and the other stuff is just bumps in the road. Mini follies. Star K98 is like a dead fucking like, let's just put a wall in front of all <laughs> the, the growth we made. They're good at that. Yeah, they were very good at that. It's so frustrating. Very adept. Yeah. As far as a match, it's a match. It, the match yeah. quality, it, it doesn't it matter. It does not it matter. It does not matter at all. This this is a significant, memorable, just completely game-changing for WC. They needed this so bad. Yep, and I think the only place where it's going to lose points is where it actually, what it actually led to and mm-hmm. what it did. Well, that'll become a story in ranking time. Right. But a truly memorable WCW moment. One of the last really big moments for them, honestly, and honest, in my opinion. And honestly, it's in, in the whole entire Monday Night Wars, yeah, to me, it's the greatest payoff of any angle during that time because it was built up for so long. Almost a year. Well, on the Goldberg end, almost it, a year. It's a rare instance of WCW putting the time in and the work. And doing the you, right thing. Using all of their programming to yeah. build this man. Yeah. Like all of it. No, I know. That, I, that to me that I've never seen that even on WWF where they use the they use the other shows they use the mister, mystery and mystique of like this guy just lurking around just beating people up like I don't know this is so well done to me no I mean Quinn it's all correct yeah. everything yeah. you're saying is right in yeah. that regard so I can't argue all right that is number one we'll see where that ranks it's going to be up against number two I think it's time Quinn if you're ready to go down to the fans yes let's find out who drew number two. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Austin Michaels, uh, WrestleMania 14. Aha. So we talked about this last season in, in the context of a main event. Right. Right. This is more now going to be specifically on the title change and what that meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't need to, I don't think, go crazy with all the context. To, if you want to know the background on this, uh, please go to like <laughs> four episodes yeah. ago or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. But we know the deal here. And this is another case where a story 
with a bald-headed guy in black trunks. And it's right. very funny, actually. Defeating someone that never liked to lose. Right. Very similar. Very you know, similar. They usually came up with reasons not to lose titles. There you go. Losing his hair also. It got interesting when they fought yeah. each other later. I know. One of yeah. them had to lose. Yeah. And Steve Austin, another one that had been built up for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they did the right thing. They didn't hot shot that, which they have a proclivity to do a lot more in later years. Mm-hmm. Hot shot the title to somebody. Right. But they never did that with Austin, which I liked. Yeah. He won the tag. He won the Intercontinental. But they were, they they knew where the money was at. Oh, they, they were knew. not going to give him the world title early. No, I don't love that, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. By the summer of 97, I think they probably had it figured out. That's my guess. I don't know I've that. I've always thought summer of 97 was the only time where they could have maybe given it to him. And no like one would have batted an eye. Yeah, because he he just was the best guy yeah, at that point. That would have worked, but yeah. the way they did it made a lot of sense. Uh, he obviously returned early from injury because right. he didn't want to lose his fucking career. He was in the prime of his literal the career. Momentum. Yeah, 33 years old. He took a break. But what was interesting is always how he took a break was that they kept him on the show just stunning people. For like three months. Like fighting them to come <laughs> back to wrestle, essentially. Like, because that, to me, that's that, really well done. To me, that encapsulates the Stone Cold Steve Austin character. You don't tell me not, I can't yeah. fight, son. Yeah, like, you know right. what I mean? He beats the shit out of everyone. I need to be the best. You yeah. know, that type of thing. Yeah. And uh, he was the best. He was the most over guy. Obviously, Bret Hart's out of the company. Shawn Michaels is a champion heading into WrestleMania 14. But he's hurt. We talked about that in the rankings of last season. I give Michaels credit. I really do. He wrestled the match. I don't care if the rumor about Undertaker having to like threaten him is true or not. He still did it physically in the ring. I'm surprised. That's that what I mean. I would be surprised if anybody didn't need to be talked into doing that match with the extent of the injury Shawn well, Michaels actually had. There's that he too. literally couldn't walk. He, he like, was having a hard time moving. Yeah. And Austin was having a hard time too. Yeah. What's great about WrestleMania 14, Quinn, is uh, WWF was starting to crest. You know, they were starting to ride a wave. Coincidentally, right around the same time, they'd be defeating Nitro for the first time right. since 1996 right. uh, with Austin as champion. And I think that the Mike Tyson involvement cannot go understated. We talked about the Jay Leno and the Carl Malone on WCW's yep. end. Same deal. It's the same, same type idea. of thing. It's like we're doing this big thing. Let's involve some of the media connections we have right now. And it um, worked. And it worked for them, t- just like it worked for, yeah. for WCW. It really worked because Tyson had a... This was a really, you know, 90, a, looking back, 90 was a really good year for wrestling in the mainstream. The, oh, absolutely. That, like, one of the best ones. Both companies were able yes. to command big names to get involved. Absolutely. Whether it be Mike Tyson, Jay Leno, Carl Malone. Another, Rodman. Yeah, Rodman, yeah. Like, all that shit. No, it's like, a big deal. It, it is a really big deal looking back. You don't see that kind of celebrity connection anymore. Bad Bunny. <laughs> it's not the same. Let's be real. We're also old. Yeah. Um, I, but seriously, it's not like a, a celebrity known to people of all ages. Let's put it that that's way. That's correct. Yeah. And Tyson pretty much was. I mean, I knew who Tyson was. I yeah. was 12. And I'm sure the, people a, guy 40. That, a guy that's 60 knows who Mike <laughs> yeah. Tyson is. You right. know what I mean? Like it, and so like, Leto. Yeah. I've always said that's the difference between now and then. They can get these up and coming celebrities. They can't get these pillar, like everybody knows. They can't get like Beyonce to come on their show or something. Like, I'd be very surprised. Like they could get the women's matches. <laughs> yeah, or right, you know right. what I mean? Like they okay, that's fair. They, they can't get that. J Lo. Yeah. Most people know who she or, is. Or they uh, who's a male celebrity like nowadays that's big. A lot of female celebrities. Christian much, Bale. I don't yeah, know. I'm just throwing names yeah, out just, there. I watched American Hustle Jimmy, recently. Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show. Yeah, or there, something. You yeah right. there you go. There's your yeah. Tonight Show equivalent. Yeah, I totally agree. So anyway, again, we we've talked about the WrestleMania itself, but. Needless to say, it was a success. The whole WrestleMania as a whole was a success. Good period for them. And Austin and Michaels was in a weird way 
I don't know if it's a passing of a torch, but it is definitely the beginning of something new. Yeah. Right? For lack of a better term, Quinn. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the beginning of... It's really passing it to Austin as like, you're the number one guy. There's no disputing it, right? Right. Up to when before Sean left, there was still this always lingering, well, you know, there's Bret Hart, there's Shawn Michaels, you know, there's there's Undertaker, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But like this said... No, Austin is the guy. Right. And that's it. That, that is definitive. And Austin, with his kind of anti establishment character and attitude, was perfect for the direction they were heading in, probably mm-hmm. part of the cause of it. Perfect for the the tone and the tenor of pop culture at the time. Yeah. With what was on TV and what was popular. Monday on Springer, confronting one night stand. You want to know what you want? This right here, baby. That right here. Monday on Springer. It's the one thing you have to always give credit to Russo is realizing how Austin fit the time correctly. Yeah. I mean, we're not allowed. No one's allowed to give credit to Vince Russo. Right. But this was his baby. He right didn't here. do anything. He never did anything. Yeah. Quinn. This was his baby right here was writing Austin. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, someone had to write the thing and tell Austin what he was going to do every week. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, honestly. But so Michaels had been like the new generation captain for better or for worse with Bret Hart. Right. Unfortunately for them, that was just a bad era as far as the business being there, right? 93 to 96 just wasn't a good they era. Didn't, they didn't they didn't have it. They <laughs> it couldn't just, they couldn't attract Mike Tyson. No. And, you know, they, no. they, people weren't watching. Although they kind of were. Like that's what I always find interesting about that era is that they were known. They just were nobody wanted to touch it. Let's put that put it that way. That's fair. Yeah. So Michaels to me losing to Austin. And even though Michaels had revamped his character with the whole DX thing and all that, mm. it's still very, it's like a handing off. It's not, again, not a passing of the torch, but maybe a handing off of the baton. Company's yours now. Just don't break it, please. Yeah, don't break it. <laughs> right. we, we just kept this together with sticks yep. like, for the last couple of years. Just don't fuck it up, basically. The ambiance and the atmosphere of the match is great in Boston. Mm-hmm. A great crowd. JR and King are really good in 98. Of course. This is top a notch. perfect example of it. JR's classic uh, yelling, screaming call of Stunner, Stone Cold, Stone Cold Tyson, all that. It was good back then, though. It was It wasn't good weird. Then. No, it was like strange. The, this is like where people got that from. It was yeah. the first time he really did it like he that. Let it go. You know? yeah. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Yeah. yeah. Perfect for the time, right? Perfect for the era. It all worked, right? The match itself is... It's, it's fine. Li- it's limited. Yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. But it's, it's fine. It's a great world title change, though. It's a great change. And it worked. Yep, and this worked. And the finish of the match, I like. I still like the the Tyson turning out to be a Stone Cold guy, just thing. impartial. Basically, yeah. by that point, it's yeah. like, well, I'm the ref. I'm going to do it. Yeah, a little bit of fast count, as we mentioned, but it's yeah. okay. He didn't mean to. It was you like an what? unintentional fast count. It was kind of like a big fuck you back to DX for trying to like, you know, in, Maybe. The, in the story, you can play it off that like way, in the right? storyline. It makes sense, right? It's like, oh, DX tried to cheat it, and then yeah. they got it thrown back in their <laughs> okay. face, right? Like that was kind of what it was. It's fair. And obviously, Austin then became the uh, the guy for the WWF from that point forward for a while. That's really all I have to say on it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like both that are on this list, and it's going to be ranking time now, Quinn. So yeah. we're putting them head to head. We've already noted the similarities. Right. You know, bold men that came from nothing right. and that worked their asses off one much more than the other, defeating prima donnas that don't like to lose with right. balding heads. That's okay. interesting, this isn't is, it? This is a weird one for me personally because... 
to me, they're both big moments. and They both felt big at the time. Yeah. And they're both middling matches. They're not, they're not like match yeah, quality. I, I so, so they kind of are equivalent there. As much as I love Sean and I love Stone Cold, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just the atmosphere in the Georgia Dome or not. I don't know what it is about that Hulk Hogan versus versus Goldberg thing. It just felt so big, and I I remember exactly where I was, and I remember wanting to you know like be up for it and and see it, and and, and just I remember the whole WCW Nitro. I didn't want to turn it off because I didn't I you wasn't, didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss it. Right. Even though, again, it was like a foregone conclusion, it almost had an element that wasn't because Hulk Hogan, right? Well, it's, that's the thing, right? Yeah, like... With Hogan, you never know. You, you ne- really you, never you know. You really never know you what never the fuck know. he's going to pull, right? With Austin Michaels, it was almost no question Austin was Sean was this. known to be injured. Yes, he was by that Even point. Even JR said it in the match, yeah. right? And, and you knew Austin was going to win because it just made sense. It was at right. WrestleMania. right. But Goldberg Hogan, it was on Nitro, and it's Hogan, and we've seen the bullshit yeah. that happens with him. And who knows? They could push this to a pay-per-view. Correct. They could. That could have been the step towards a pay-per-view for all we knew. Right. So I get that. The intrigue is more on the Goldberg Hogan side. The fallout, though. Right. Austin's is much more successful. Much than more interesting. Yeah. Better handled. Better handled. Yep. To be fair to Goldberg. I think they're jumping to Starcade. No. They did have a great match with DDP yeah. in between uh, during the title reign. Yeah. But you're absolutely right that he wasn't as hot after he won the title because for Goldberg, his entire build is what made him so great. Right. Well, it's I like, agree with that. It, it really did like keep him yeah. as as like everyone was talking about Goldberg. I, sure. I remember you go to school and be like, you, you got, you did see Goldberg's uh, oh, yeah. 121st uh, win. Did you, sure. did you not like, you know, like people would ask you, did you, did you see the Goldberg? He added to his streak yeah. this way. I remember that at school. It's like, you couldn't miss the Goldberg match that week. He defeated Reese or whatever it was. Yeah, right? It didn't matter. He'd fight anybody. Let me just tell you a few things though. Uh, Road wild 98. That would be the first pay-per-view. After Goldberg was champion, I believe, or was it Bash at the Beach? Yeah, and we all know though, but that was when the Jay Leno Bash blow off blow off was right. It's like, well, excuse me, Bash at the Beach actually was the first one with Goldberg as champion. Uh, he was not in the main event. He defeated Kurt Hennig. Meanwhile, Hogan and Rodman took on DDP and Malone. Yeah, Road Wild Goldberg, their new champion, was in a battle royal that he won. Okay, not in the main event. That was Hogan and the Leno thing. Fall Brawl, nineteen ninety eight. Because WCW, Goldberg's not on the pay-per-view. Just the poster for it. Right. Halloween Havoc. Yes, he has a great match against DDP. Finally closes the show. But what does everyone remember Halloween Havoc 98 for? Hogan Warrior? Oh, right. Okay. Oh, God. You know, I didn't. Like, cause <laughs> I, like I said, I, I try to, I've said this before when we talked about this match. I don't. I try not to remember that match. No, I know. Like that is something that doesn't even like occur to me most of the time. That whole one warrior nation shit. That's <laughs> horrible. Yeah. World War Three, November ninety eight. Goldberg not on the card. Yeah. Is your world ch- just Austin? Meanwhile, is the focal point of the company. Yeah. Goldberg is not. Now, let me ask you this though. I feel like we're. It's one thing to talk maybe about like the immediate aftermath of a world it's title part match. Are, of we, it, though. are we talking like it does does the whole 
like months after matter. I think like, if the months like, before matter than the months after should. I play. guess, yeah. Right? Are I mean, we talking right up to the buildup, like how we did WrestleMania, right? Like where it's just like up to the, the I, match and that's it. Like, I think this has to be in there as criteria because otherwise, how are you going to narrow things down just I guess on the moment itself? Does the let's put it let's eliminate this because we could, this could get out of control right yeah. we could go and year, years and years and say like ultimately it's stunk ass right <laughs> what if we said stunk ass just the immediate follow-up you know did was this world title change consequential and ask and it, that, that, that's, that's kind of the one the, that's more the question right i think it's austin michaels well, I, yeah it definitely has the more consequential factor definitely i, I like the goldberg hogan moment more I, I won't do too. argue I, the, It's really the moment I really that really do. gets me. Match-wise, I really don't care either way. Yeah. The, the match quality doesn't bother no. me here on either of them. I think Austin Michaels is a better match, but who cares? Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. But, shit. I mean, as far as a win in the ring, yeah, I love to see Goldberg defeat Hulk Hogan. Of course. Right. With Austin Michaels, it was more like, I know Austin's going to win. Like you yeah. said, with Goldberg Hogan... You never know. It's Hulk Hogan. He, he could he could <laughs> fuck everyone. At, right. At, at the end of the day, hey, brother, I'm, uh, Eric, I'm not going to drop the title. <laughs> so, it's, like, you know what I mean? Right. So on July 6, 98, WCW did something right. The problem is they did not do it right for the next five months. Right. Of course. And that, that's, that, listen, like, not every world title match ends up where the, the world title change mattered very consequent. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff on this list. That's the best part of it, though. Right. Yeah. This is why we got it. It's on one hand, the long term of the Austin Michaels, it has the before, the during, and the after. All of it was yeah. good. Goldberg had the great build, mm-hmm. plus the existing, you know, history of who Hollywood Hogan is. Yeah. You know, just him existing. I I gotta say I feel like the moment in this case trumps the the significance because it's just Are we setting an uncomfortable precedent if we do that I, though? When I think the question world title change, right? Right. Because world title changes are a dime a dozen. Not the ones, back then they weren't, Quinn. They still they were getting there at this By point. Like, they were getting there. They were getting. It was this was starting to be even Austin afterwards, he would like lose it to like Kane. Kane and yes. shit. Like just for know, a night. Yeah, I just mean to say it's like this the, the Goldberg thing was a little bit better as far as a moment was concerned. It was I better get, as far as a moment. Yeah. No, I, I agree it, with you. I I will never forget that Georgia Dome shit. That that is like it's just special. I, I don't know. Maybe not once in a lifetime, but it, it's special. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with you on this. Queen, yeah. Like, because I don't want to have to get into too much minutia as we go on. Yeah. I, I don't want to like, I feel like the WWE bias is telling us like, well, it's Austin Michaels and it started the attitude well, and blah, blah, blah. But it like, was better in terms of the follow up. Yes. Yes. The follow up. But I mean, the, both moments. Well, I, I, I'm I, uncomfortable now, though, because what's the point of a title change? To get a new champion. Why do you need a new champion? Because you're going to do something with the new champion. They did dick with Goldberg, except for that one good match with DDP. But the moment... Well, man, I guess that'd be Reigns. If we were talking Reigns, right? Title Reigns. Yeah. It, it's really, like I, keep, like I keep saying, because I know. title changes are such a dime a dozen, the ones I remember... I'm saying that. <laughs> the ones that I remember more... Okay. As like a bigger thing, always stand out to me more than a just uh just a. It's fair. Even at the beginning of an era, like I, it could be a big deal. But if if I don't feel it the same way, I, I it's it's very emotional. It right. It's very emotional with a title change, right? It, it can be. Yeah. yeah. Like okay, because I kind of just realized we're not really talking 
best title reigns, right? right? We're talking best title changes. We can consider the follow-up. We can discuss it, but you're right. It's the build-up and the getting to it. And how it felt at the time. Yeah. I mean, the memorability factor is so strong, and I said that at the beginning. Right. It really does matter here. Okay. With that said, it's close, but it's Goldberg Hogan. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine it, with that. It really is like just... It's one of the one WCW moments you, you just... It's you a always, great moment, you Quinn. Kinda, you, always, you always like tip your cap. Yep. You're like, this was, this was just a fucking well-done piece of work over here. Because it's so rare that they did anything right yeah. in that period of time. So with that said, for the first Royal Rankings of this season, at number one, the greatest title change of all time, Quinn, right now, best world title change of all time is Goldberg, Hogan, Nitro 98. Wow. And at number two, Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 14. That's the two on the board right now. Be sure to let us know yours. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group but Quinn, when we come back, we are going down to the WWF Superstars of Wrestling from 1987. That'll be coming up right after this. I thought the three count was a little too quick. You want to win that title with a slow, deliberate count that's, you know, of the proper cadence. He hit the mat too fast three times. That would be my only knock about what Mike Tyson did. We didn't get a chance to pull out all the stops, so I didn't get the best out of Shawn Michaels, and he didn't get the best out of me. I walked right back uh, past the blue curtains, and there was Vince. And uh, I looked at him, and I said, man, I said, that mat sucked. He goes, don't worry about it. It all starts fresh tomorrow. And the next day, that's when we started that campaign and kind of Stone Cold thing, Vince McMahon, and the corporate thing. It, it all started working. All the pieces started to fall in place. And you always want to knock uh, a grand slam every time you go out there. We didn't. But things happen after that, and that's what you do to move forward. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 221. Quinn, we're reviewing something. It's time, baby. It is time, baby. Now, we are taking your suggestions for the rest of time. Yeah. If you just want to give us suggestions for reviews, there is an announcement on our Facebook group, you know, the Don Draper fan site. Yeah. This and is your show. You can you can give give us the suggestions. Right. You tell us what to do around here. It might be our vantage point, but it's your show. We just wouldn't be doing it without you. Put it through management, please. Yeah, there, please. It, it, we, we don't really make the decisions. No, that's over in Ogden in the yeah. Ivory Tower over yeah. there. We're not allowed over there. Yeah. Uh, but really, on our Facebook uh, Don Draper group, you can post a specific episode of something from Retro Wrestling that you want us to review. We're going to do our best to chip away at this list and get some great suggestions from you guys. And this one that we're doing is suggested by our good friend of the show, Ian Riccoboni. Oh, Ian. How about that? Hi, huh? Ian. Hi, Ian. Allentown Zone. This is Quinn. I don't know if you've heard of this show before. WWF Superstars of Wrestling. Oh, uh, I, I have heard <laughs> of that have? one. Okay. Yeah. And this wait, is, this is the one where they recap or whatever? No, not no, that uh, one, no, silly. Uh, this is June 13th, 87. We'll get to that in a second. I like to do this 
I know you guys are WWF fans, but you never know. WWF superstars, just to be clear here. (laughs) I love the background. (laughs) I know. I do it for you, too. Yeah, it's amusing. There was a previous show called WWF Superstars of Wrestling. Yeah, with Ian Mooney or whatever. No, not that. That's Spotlight. This was on from 84 to 86, the previous one. That was a recap show. It was their C show. That became Wrestling Spotlight in September. Yes, eventually. In September of 86. In the meanwhile... WWF Championship Wrestling, which had been on since 71 or whatever, became WWF Superstars of Wrestling in September of 86. It was their A show, pretty much until the Raw era. Mm -hmm. By A, I mean it was the main one. You had to... Yeah, you had to get it if you wanted to get the show. (laughs) Everyone got this shit, basically. That's all you really need to say. Everyone everyone got this. At at least this. bare minimum. Yes. This is where the majority of important things would happen. Right. They'd get recapped on Challenge and recapped on Spotlight and Primetime. Mm-hmm. But if something important happened, it was either on Saturday Night's main event or this. Right. And Vince McMahon was the voice of it for almost the entire run. World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> World Wrestling Federation. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. The best color commentator ever was with him. And it was a great, fun time. A lot of nostalgia. A lot of people love superstars. We are two of those people, and you guys probably are too. So we're doing one that was suggested, like we said, by Ian. It's from June 13th, 87. I don't want to give anything away, but I know why this one was picked. I do, too. Without any further ado, Quinn, WWF Superstars of Wrestling, June 13th, 87. And we open with the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The classic laser intro, and we are in peak boom right now. We are... Shortly after WrestleMania three, they like, are they are so proud. They are on <laughs> fucking fire. Yeah, like they, they, this company, there there is no equal right now. <laughs> like, no way. It is, it Sorry, is, it is insanely good. And uh, Hogan's likable. Yeah, the Hogan character is likable during this time. Cooking, they're selling out arenas across the country. Yep, wherever the fuck they go, whether it be an armory or a gigantic building, it yep. doesn't matter. They got their uh, great deal with uh, Saturday Night's main event on NBC going yeah. on. So. Great period of time for them and a fun time to watch. And we get a crowd shot. And we're welcome to the Superstars of Rustling by Vince McMahon, Sam Martino, and Jesse Ventura. Live in the arena. That that can't be understated. Yeah, they were live. There is no fucking green screen bullshit. Like, we, that was these later. shows are cooking right now. Yep. Like, they do not need, they could just be there. <laughs> They're there. Yeah, yeah, they are just there. The Superstars of Rustling is on the air. Hello, everyone. This is Vince McMahon at ringside. Wrestling's only living legend Bruno San Martino. And of course, yes, indeed, joining us as well. So Vince and Bruno are wearing their matching red valet coats as usual. Mm-hmm. Jesse in the proud WrestleMania 3 shirt. Did I you don't catch think that? It was a good show. It was a good show, McMahon. Yeah. And get the classic intro, Quinn. You know the one. It's still one of the best intros. Yep, the NES intro. Yep. And can I just say the quality of this video? It's fucking incredible. <laughs> 60 FPS. Damn it. <laughs> it's given me that classic TV look. Listen, I know 60 FPS is not like you movie aficionados. That's not good. It looks soap opera effect. But for wrestling, any sports, anything like that, especially like old wrestling, because it usually the quality is total shite. Right, shite, mate. This adds an element of like it looks really good and it looks top notch and it looks like it happened yesterday because of their like <laughs> moving smoother or whatever. No, I, I liked know, it. I don't know how else to explain it. I appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, so we run down the action. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Jesse also makes sure to plug that we're going to see footage from uh, the Predator, which he happens to be in, as we well know. Right. We go up to our ringside for our first match here as Howard Finkel introduces the impressive team first of 
Johnny K9, a noted asshole. Ew. Yes. And his partner, Dusty Wolf. Oh, shit. <laughs> what, what is this dog like team over here? K9 and Wolf? Yeah. Like, what is that about? <laughs> Maybe it's on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. No, Dusty Wolf, just a quick trivia. When Dusty Rhodes joined the WWF, they made Dusty Wolf change his name to Dale Wolf. No. So if you've ever heard Dale Wolf, it's the same guy. Yeah. Next up, Rule Britannia hits to a huge unsweetened pop, mind you. There's no sweetening on this that I could detect. And Matilda, of course. Yeah. Surprised Craig and George wasn't with her. I was surprised he wasn't following them down. Just like, hey, Matilda, she's here. Matilda, Matilda. And she leads out the British Bulldogs, of course. A lot of dogs. So much dog. This is the dog wolf Canine, uh, Matilda over I mean, what's here, going British on here? Bulldogs. It's all, it's all dog related. <laughs> so Vince says Matilda is in rare form as we should just see her trotting out all <laughs> fat and stupid. She was a little faster down to the ring. Was she? Yeah, she was quicker. I don't think so. Matilda's gay. <laughs> Matilda knows we're in the in the peak also. She's oh, just yeah? Like, she's just milking it she's up. She's trying? Yeah, she's, <laughs> Matilda's getting a push over there. She's going <laughs> to try. So Davey tries to sick Matilda on Johnny Canine. It's very ironic there. Yeah. Uh, as Vince defends Matilda and asks Jesse if he's ever met her. <laughs> what? You ever meet her, Jesse? <laughs> it reminded me of Francesa. Yeah. I, uh, I met Secretariat. I met, I met the horse. It's a good horse. I actually met Secretariat. It's real. That actually happened. It said that. Anyway, Dave had another good one. Is going to be a referee. Is Davey and K9 start lock up push up by Davey leapfrog another K9 tumbles out. I think that was actually a botch, but Jesse covers. Mm-hmm. Bruno, by the way, has yet to talk. It's rare that he talks during this era. Anyway, he's it's just, true. He really only talks during the replays. It, I, I always remember this. It's, it's like and Bruno. It's time for the replay. Uh, they did this thing. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, nice uh, clothesline, and, and he got the pin. <laughs> and then you just don't hear from him again until the next one. Sometimes he occasionally in the middle of the match, Jesse will ask him a question yeah. or something. It's like one sentence per yeah. match, yeah. maybe. Yeah. High vertical by Davey is nicely done. Hey, here he is. Bruno talks about the Bulldogs conditioning. Exactly. Of course. And then he's in, then he goes back to quiet mode. They hit mute on his mic. Uh, they're very strong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dynamite in now. Big chop punches tag back to Davey. Vince says the secret, by the way, to the Bulldogs' success might be Matilda. <laughs> I think it's because they wrestle. Good. They wrestle good. Yeah. Um, we now get an insert interview with Matilda. She doesn't say much, Quinn. Very strange. It's just like the Bulldogs petting her with no audio. <laughs> what the point? I don't even know what that was. It was almost like Bruno cutting a promo in 1987. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Same sound and everything. Yeah. Anyway, power slam by Davey. Is he still in the Navy? Uh, he might be for life. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Uh, Dynamite back in, headbutt and canine tags and wolf. That's right. From a canine to a wolf, all the wildfire, a wildfire, all the wildlife here. All the wild wolf. All the wild wolf. James Wolf. Anyway, falling headbutt by Dynamite. Big clothesline. Davies back in. Off the top of a very crappy flying headbutt. And that gets a win for the Bulldogs. Nice and quick. That's how you do it. Superstars. They're, Love they're it. very good at this. Like, that would match is like less than two minutes. That's all I need to see of this. I don't need to see it's more of it. fine. How many fucking arm bars can you see anyway? Like, how I don't much, need... How much dog <laughs> shots... Yeah, really. I can't believe the pro- the the in cut like box promo is just Matilda being petted. It's amazing how many dog related things it's were in this incredible. match. They really pounded that into you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I don't have a bone to pick with it though. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's leave this behind Next. us. Bulldogs are extremely over. By the way, I do not want to understate that. The fans love the Bulldogs. Oh yeah, they were very hot. Right Seriously. Now. 
I will say Dynamite looked like his, he was a little hurt during this match. Well, he had previously remember the back injury from around January-ish yeah, when it, they I lost titles. Yeah, I can see titles. it when he's tagged in. He's yeah. kinda, when he walks it back out, he's kind of... I don't think they were ever the same. Yeah. Or, or he was ever the same no. after that injury. I'm truthfully. really starting it. I noticed it in the match here, though, yeah. which is interesting. It's unfortunate. We get a replay, which Bruno's like, I didn't win. And then we go to a special report with Craig DeGeorge. Uh, is it going to be about Matilda? We'll find I out. I swore <laughs> like, it has to be, right? Like Right after a Bulldogs match and we go to Craig DeGeorge. What's that about? Oh, Matilda helping the Bulldogs. Matilda. Now, by the way, I like the bumper music for this update. Down, 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 down. It's good. I don't even think I really noticed it or it's took note of, note of it. So good. Anyway, Craig is in the edit suite, and unfortunately, he's here to talk about Billy Graham's comeback. Oh, attempt. another injury thing. <sighs> yeah. Taken away. <laughs> you know. So apparently the Arizona air has been working out good for him. He worked out in the mountains or something. I don't know. It like made him better. He should try the iced tea of Arizona. It's yeah. very good. I got it recently and I, I still love it's it. It's tasty. It's so... Once you get one like vat of fucking Arizona iced tea, you're, you're getting like four or five in a row at the grocery store. You're just like, you're hooked on it it's for a couple really weeks. It's still really cheap. Oh my God. It's like two it's, bucks and <laughs> like a gallon of it. I know. How do they do that? And it lasts for like a week. Like you do, and I'm I'm drinking it a lot too. Like it, it lasts a while. It's cheap, man. Anyway, we now get a fantastic clip of Craig and Billy Graham walking on some rusty ass hill in Arizona. I've got to get back. I got to hear the roar of the crowd. I got to feel the pandemonium. It's in my blood. Craig dressed like fucking Tom Brokaw on location in Iraq or something. Like a casual zookeeper, and Graham has like a walker looking oldest. Fuck! Like, well, why did they? Why the walker? Well, because he couldn't walk. I understand that, Get but it? you didn't even need to film this. Then don't show him. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he's a hundred years old. What is he like? Forty something? He's not even that old. Forty three or four, probably. Yeah. He looks, Joe. He looks like he's sixty five with the walker. Like, I really think that it's doesn't true. help things here. You know what's interesting though? From like nineteen eighty six onward, he always looked like that. So like now, he still looked the same. But I think it's because they put the vision of the walker in your head, right? It's like, the walker thing is a real problem to me. I'm just playing the long game, I guess. Yeah. Oh, we get hospital footage now of Graham recovering from his surgery. This is 100% legit, by the way. Yeah, this, looked, this, is, not this is not fake at no. all. We basically see him lifting his leg a lot. It really hurts. Yeah, no shit. He has, <laughs> didn't it, like, get all fucked up? Like, yeah, his hip, his leg, his knee. It's, he had to get it replaced, all this yeah. stuff. Like, he is not okay. No, like, no. Yeah, absolutely all. not. Yeah. Go back to Craig. Who are Greg, maybe, if girl is talking about him. And he says Billy Graham is no ordinary individual. As we clip to him as the WWF champion at MSG. With the house entrance. Like, not house show. I'm talking about the little house at the Over entrance. Over the aisle, yeah. Which denotes 70s what? MSG. I still want to know why. It's, I, I don't know. They thought, It's so weird because it's not like you need... It's not like it's going to rain in there, right? Like, it's not like you need the wrestlers to be covered when they come in, right? I was just choked on my coffee. Yeah, I, yeah I, but you're I, right, I, though. I, like, it's very unnecessary. <laughs> it's just, in, in fact, it makes it worse because if you're in the arena, like, how the fuck do you see them? I like, there's, a, there's like a house over their head. <laughs> Stupid. It's like a little carport. Yeah. I don't know what the point of that is. <laughs> it's, it's one of the weirdest, like, MSG, like, fads for Quirks. like about three-ish years. I want to say it's from like 76 to 79 and then they just get, get, they get rid of it. It's normal. Yes, it's very odd. Fucking weird, Only man. during that. <laughs> uh, we go back to the hospital now. We're looking at x-rays. This is actually 
well done this whole thing mm-hmm. it's well produced it's well it's well done by craig uh craig says billy graham is trying to beat a royal flush huh you don't bet against him right don't bet, you just don't. never bet against this guy in a walker he's just he'll, don't do he'll it. be back baby yeah anyway fine he's not no by not the really. way <laughs> wrestles very briefly if you're on it. a walker walking up a mountain with a walker that means it was post the hospital right yeah that means you're really fucked up <laughs> like i'm sorry hey, like, i'm sorry like, let's be real here. Next, Quinn, we're warned that uh, Outback Jack is coming. Ugh, I, I, thanks for the warning. I, I need to brace myself. And now we see a clip of him eating ice cream, and that's literally all. Good. Like, <laughs> it, it, that means I don't have to care for him. And Jesse just laughs at him because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you see his teeth, they yeah, suck. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah. When it gets hot around the WWF, you get a WWF superstars ice cream bar. That cool things off. Uh, we come back to Howard Finkel introducing in the ring. Eric Cooper. Who? I don't know. But his partner, Quinn, is from Antigua in the West Indies. That's right. It's SD Jones. Oh, that Jones. And I say that because they said on the on the graphic before commercial, they said Jones and Cooper. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. No part of my head said SD Jones at all. Yeah. I don't associate him with a jobber tag teams and also by his last name. Right. It's yeah. SD Jones. You, put, you should have put SD Jones and Cooper. And yeah, then we Cooper. Uh, like, I actually do associate SD Jones with jobber teams. I just don't just, I just don't call him Jones. No one does so. really. No. Anyway, their opponents are led towards the ring by Bobby Heenan and they get actually a pretty huge mixed reaction. Mm-hmm. It's Haku and Tama. The island. We're here, motherfuckers. He's so proud. I love that. This is like their prime, too. They're really good during this yes. period. Yeah. And they have just recently turned heel, and they are yeah. heroic. Very good. To be led towards the ring by their manager, Bobby, the great Hino, from the South Pacific, at a total combined weight of 502 pounds. Haku, the Islander. Also, what is this music? I don't. Know. It's like they have like I don't. I, I'm just trying to like. I couldn't even make out what it was. It was so. It didn't even make it. It didn't even sound like music. I don't think there is a clean rip of any Islanders theme anywhere. <laughs> Seriously, is that, is that a uh, rare theme? I think it is the one of the rare theme, themes. That, like you know, Bigelow's face. You know, theme. one of my pet peeves that themes are rare. They are. There's no such. Thing. How long was it where Rick Martel's theme, the only available version, had the AOL buddyless closing door sign? Yeah, I understand, but it doesn't make it rare because I'll tell you why. Let me just explain this. Mm. Music is digital. When, as soon as it's digitized, it's not rare. Well, it, then it's it, not it, digitized. Yeah. The Islanders theme. There you go. So it's rare. I guess it's rare now. It, See? it also just doesn't exist, so it's not even rare. <laughs> rare denotes that there's like one or two of them. It doesn't even exist. Fine, it doesn't exist, and I wish it did. Yeah. Anyway, Tama and SD Jones start. SD with a shoulder block off the ropes, drop down by Tama, back up in a body slam, and he's very proud of his body slam and turns right around into an SD Jones slam. Very dynamic body slam there by SD Jones. <laughs> it's true. SD Jones. Uh, we get an insert promo from the K and M connection. Sounding like big dorks. They're like, hi, we're going to beat them. We're good. Howdy doody. <laughs> we are going to beat the Bobby Heenan family. And then Zank and his shitty hair, he's just like, yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm the Z-Man. Neat. <laughs> He's such a dork. Both of them look bad. Yeah, but I like Martell as a face, but you're right. The yeah, Islanders like, are so much cooler than them. We are not going to take this anymore. We are going to beat the Bobby Hina family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, them. <laughs> and Zank. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. You're in the Heenan family, but we're in a family of our own. Rick Martell and Tom Zank, the can connection. Hang on to Heenan because you're going to need him, brother. We've noted, though, Quinn, that this feud... 
was interrupted because like Zank left because he sucked and they just <laughs> they put Tito in and it's really good. How it's like a hundred times better. It's whole it's like holy shit. Zank is, isn't that good. It's terrible. Tito, great. Yeah. And uh, if you've never seen it, folks, just a quick shout out. If you've never seen any of the uh, Islanders versus uh, Strike Force matches from '87 on the House Show, they're great. They're pretty good. It's yeah. a hot feud. Anyway, meanwhile, Haku is just kicking Eric's ass. I actually had forgotten his last name at this point. Eric. Eric. Eric oh, Cooper. Oh, Cooper. Right. Yeah, Hanging with Eric Cooper over here. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know why. It's funny. Give it up. Give it up. <laughs> beep, 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 just needs to get together with Vanessa. That's yeah, all he's got to do. I, you know, I was always disappointed on that show that they didn't really. And they at the very they end. They dated briefly in the last season, but I don't think they got like. No, did they, they got get married? married. They did. Yeah, but Quinn, it was but like. It was like only in the last couple episodes, right? Last couple episodes. They rushed it. They had like fucked the show around. They had yeah. put it on Saturdays. It was on a hiatus. It was like 97. Yeah. And no one even knew it was still on. I thought Mr. Cooper was an underrated gem in it's the Miller Boyette lineup over there. It was excellent. Good show. Raven Simone was good in it. She's good in it. You know, yeah. uh, Uncle Jesse and Michelle crossed over onto it. Well, yeah, that's how they like introduced the show, if yeah, I recall. Because they're they, in San Francisco. Yeah, they, they like live near them. Like, or near something. the Tanners. Yeah, the t- near the Tanners. This is all real. We spoke on the phone. I'm Jesse and this is Michelle, the. Uh, Buttbuster. <laughs> well, aren't you cute? Thank you. That's nice of you to say. Thanks. I always liked Mark's bedroom, that like off the side of the living room thing that he had that was like really big. I know what you mean. He yeah, had a good. really good bedroom. <laughs> it was excellent. Would you want that bedroom? Yes. You'd have it. Like if I was in the house with like my um my sister and like her friend Vanessa that's hot, like I would definitely be in that room. <laughs> that would that was that would I would that would be the room I would say I'm getting sounded euphemistic yeah. there, Quinn. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to this match here where Bobby Heen uh, has his neck brace already from the Kempatera incident. You know, right. great face Kempatera. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a tag back to Tama. Vince has to actually prompt Bruno to talk. Well, and- he doesn't. <laughs> I, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I don't blame Bruno for not knowing when to talk because they clearly don't want him to talk. And so he doesn't he might, want to be there. Right. So he's probably just like, just if you don't want me to talk, just just tell me when you want when me to. You want, when yeah. you want me to talk. You're right. You know? like, just, I don't blame him. And I have no idea anyway what he was saying, Quinn. I don't know what <laughs> what even happened. He, I don't know what he's saying either, but what the fuck happened between Bruno and Vince at this point? Something like, to do with, he's still working there. Something to do with David and he's like begrudgingly working there. It's, I don't know the. De- I really don't remember the details, sucks. but it's like, not good. He doesn't good. need to be there. It's not good for anyone, yeah. truthfully. But anyway, Tama with the side slam for two as Haku is back in double whip, double elbows, and it's at this point I just realized the ref is Jack Kruger, but yes. he's not very angry. No, not I think here. He's like newish at this point. I think he is too. Yeah. yeah. Back elbow by Haku gets two. SD breaks the count, and the graphic Quinn tells us that this is WTNH eight in New Haven, Hartford. Beautiful. Fucking what? what fuck station is that? <laughs> uh, Tama happily dumps ST Joan here so he can't fucking interfere. And then Haku tosses Eric onto Tama's knee for a stomach breaker. Double diving headbutts by the Islanders get the win. I love this team so much. The Islanders rule. They're so They're good. Very good. Bobby happily celebrates with his men while selling his neck. I like that. Bruno shittily does the replay as usual as we go back to Mean Gene in front of the blue background to hype the big New Haven, Connecticut show. <laughs> All right, New Haven to the Coliseum, Monday night, June the 22nd. The World Wrestling Federation will be back in the great state of Connecticut. We're going to have George Steele taking on Dangerous Danny Davis. Thrilling, <laughs> thrilling match. <laughs> uh, we're going to have Randy Savage taking on Tito Santana. Yeah, he's like, and things have changed yeah. since they've last fought. It's like, yeah. okay, great. Uh, and the Midnight Rockers. Yes. So 
We don't see them on this show. They just say they're coming. So they actually turned out to not even do this show. Because oh, really? remember they did like the one or two appearances and they is got this, kicked. Is this because of the, the partying or whatever? On the, yeah. When they first got there, they didn't mind their what, business whatever correctly. the real story is like jimmy jack funk didn't like them and people didn't like them i don't know or andre didn't like them andre doesn't like anybody at first though <laughs> doesn't like anyone ever you have to much. like prove yourself to him and then you say oh you're good or whatever like, <laughs> i later. didn't like you now i like you he eventually likes everyone it's just not initially if you're new you really steer clear of andre yeah but you like, also have to shake his hand or else yeah, he doesn't like you right but after the shake, just get the fuck out of there. Don't, don't bot, let him like decide to like you as he generally does over time. Right. It just takes a while. Yeah. But anyway, no, folks, uh, you might not know the story. You might. You probably do. The Midnight Rockers were hired right around this time. Sean and Marty, obviously, from the AWA. Mm-hmm. And they did a show or two. I can't remember. I think it might have just been one. Like pissed everyone off for some reason. Whether it was justified or not, yeah. They got everyone pissed off and Vince was like, ha ha, pal, bye. Yeah. And then they brought him back a year later. Right. So they did not make this show that's being hyped, in case you were curious. Mm-hmm. We now bring in Quinn, Billy Jack Haynes, and Ken Patera. Unfortunately. <laughs> <sighs> They're gonna why be- couldn't we talk to the other side I don't care about these two why couldn't we talk to the Midnight Rockers Yeah, that would have been fun actually yeah, new. they are they're going to be taking on Hercules and Harley Race a much better team mm-hmm. Patera <laughs> it's funny here Patera calls them a bunch of hoodlums bunch of gangsters bunch of goofs you call that a family it's a bunch of hoodlums a bunch of gangsters bunch of goofs I feel like the goofs aspect doesn't go with gangsters and hoodlums I know. it's like a weird like now they're goofs yeah I know he basically then says that he should have killed Bobby Heenan recently. Oh, that's very nice. He's like, I didn't finish the job. What a, <laughs> what a face. God, you just got out of jail, dude. Yeah, Calm down. Don't say kill him. The irony of calling other people gangsters and hoodlums. Yeah. Throwing rocks at a fucking McDonald's in Wisconsin. And with Saito or whatever. God. Anyway. I still think that's like the weirdest aspect of <laughs> the like, mass of Saito's there. It's, I know that they did more. But the way the story's told that they threw a rock at a McDonald's and they went to prison for three years is really like skipping a lot of details. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, There's you know, a lot more to it. <laughs> yeah, they like fought the cops yes, and all this shit. That's but really what it was. they never mention that. They just say they threw a rock at a McDonald's <laughs> and, then, and then they sent them to prison for That sounds crazy. It's because you can't have it your way there. Yeah. It's only Burger King. Yeah. Anyway, this gem from Patera. Well, tough times last. Or don't last, I should say. Unlike you, Weasel, when the going tough got tough, you took a hike. While tough times last, or don't last, I should say. I need to remind you, these promos are pre-taped. They could have yeah. redone that. Mm-hmm. I guess they just didn't give a fuck. They're well, like, he's doing like 600 of them yeah. at like 6 in the morning. So, like, I don't blame him for, like, we're not redoing this. And he hated doing these. That's yeah. why they brought a guy like Mooney in to do the event center, you know? Right, yeah. Anyway, he then calls Harley and Hercules geeks. That's the best one. <laughs> this is very weird. <laughs> and if you two geeks want to stand behind your weasel... Uh, Billy Jack now chimes in to bitch about Hercules as usual. And he's like, oh, we'll fight in downtown New Haven if we have to. Thrilling. His hat stinks, by the way. I hate it. <laughs> Is it because it has a strap under I, it? It's just everything. It's like too droopy. I, I just, I never like his hat. Is that an Oregon hat? Or is that just a hat? I don't think there's such a thing as an Oregon hat. There is might there? be. That's more like, okay, you know what his hat is supposed to reflect? I can tell historically what it's supposed what to be. What is it? Like those old timey like 49ers or whatever, like people digging you for mean gold. 1849, yes, yeah, the, like, the gold rush. Yeah, it's like those kind of like the more droopy style hats. Well, wasn't the gold rush out there in Oregon? Yeah, that's what he's going for. It's so just, it is an Oregon hat. But I don't think it's just Oregon. It's like no. California, probably even Washington. 
like where the gold rush I'm was. I'm sure the whole gold rush area. Yeah. Remember the gold rush sandwich at Roy Rogers? Yeah, I remember it. Good chicken sandwich. Yeah. Anyway, Patera looked good at least. Uh, we go back to ringside where Vince very begrudgingly introduces footage from the Predator. And we see Jesse Ventura, the character obviously in the movie. Uh, just shooting a bunch of people. Literally killing people. And isn't this a bit violent for like a show on it, like during Saturday morning cartoons? Yes. Like, he doesn't say a word. They, just like, they just drop this in. Jesse killing a bunch of like soldiers or with something a gun. with a, like a gigantic fucking machine gun. Yes. And then that's it. Yeah. Great acting. Yeah. Uh, we go back to ringside where Vince now bitches at Jesse. He's like, you're always cheating, Jesse, using a gun or whatever. <laughs> this, what the fuck was this rant? Like, he just went on and on about how Jesse sucks ass. Don't you think, Vince, it's a good thing that maybe um you're getting mainstream exposure <laughs> via Jesse Ventura? Like, yeah, seriously. A, a real fucking movie? Not, like, just some, like, made-for-TV thing or something? Like, The Predator? Like, a classic? An Arnold movie? Yeah, like, it's... What is he... What is Vince bitching about on commentary? <laughs> you suck ass, Jess. It's you like, suck, Jess. He's in something bigger than WWF. Yeah. And Vince, I think, always kind of had that up his butt about Jesse. He had that that's Jesse why could WWF leave. sucks now because Vince has he doesn't want anybody getting bigger than WWF. Jesse could leave at any time. Did leave anytime. <laughs> did leave any? He left like other times, but quickly came back. Like that did happen. Yeah, he left in '87 briefly. To, yeah, because he was a bigger star. Yes, I know. We get a shot of a Federette before Howard Finkel introduces Terry Gibbs classic mid-80s jobber there. I like him. Mm -hmm. Vince says that <laughs> Vince just has to rub this in. Arnold's really the star in front of their what Jesse. The hell? <laughs> shut up. You should be grateful. Like, sh seriously, shut up. <laughs> He's so irritating here. He is. I agree. Yeah. Uh, grab them cakes fires up now and JYD, another dog, comes out to a huge dog reaction. Show over here. <laughs> Was this on this preempting anything? <laughs> it's ridiculous, really. Yeah, this is actually... This is actually JYD's return since uh, WrestleMania. Right. I think you told me this story before, right? About how like he okay. left for like a minute or well, something, and then they hired him back. Vince got rid of him. I don't know why. By money. But he did. Because he was a big star. I would gather that there was some kind of money. I don't know. Part of it. But what happened was, do you remember when the Sheik and Duggan smoked that crunk? Right. The crunk happened, and then they needed like somebody they, to do stuff. They needed like a reliable mid-card face that was over. Yeah. So they're like, uh, can you come back? Yeah. And he did, but like you can tell he never gave a shit, and they didn't either about him the rest of his run. Something tells me about the first time he left, like maybe he just thought like, oh, well, that was a good run. That's the best they'll be, and maybe I'll just retire, right? I made my money. I was at WrestleMania 3. I made like hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. Where do that. you really go? For him, where, yeah. where's he going to go from there? He's on exactly. the downturn. Yeah, he, old, he had a long career before this. Yes. He was a star elsewhere. He made his biggest payday he'll ever make in his life at WrestleMania 3. True. What the fuck else does he need to do? He could just retire. Yeah. Or work if he wants to. Yeah, right? work if he wants to. But anyway, he's back here, and I guess uh, John Manella is the referee. I'm not sure. Probably. Mm -hmm. Crisscross the start here. Hip toss by the dog. And the falling headbutt by JYD misses. Ring rust, see? <laughs> It is. I think that's what they're doing. Though, I'm not even kidding. They make him like sort of struggle yeah. in this match. So that it looks like he's like learning to wrestle again or something. <laughs> it's true. Gibbs with the clothesline. Some stumps for two. Snap mare by Gibbs. Author ups. Big punch. But Gibbs hurts his own hand on dog's head there. Headbutt by dog. Down goes Gibbs. Irish whip. Awful clothesline by JYD. And Gibbs gets it's an eye rust, gouge. It's the rust, Joe. It's the rust. <laughs> I guess so. Watch it. He's all rusty in this he match. Is. It's, it's totally real. They're like trying to do that. He heads upstairs, gets tossed off, Gibbs does, as we get an insert promo from the dog who says it's time to see the new dog in 1987. Yeah. And lots of barking, yeah. too. 
Like very woof, 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 woof here. Power slam by JYD gets the win. Hey, it was very short, and then we get a replay as the kids celebrate. Lovely. I like when he like dances with the kids. That's good. I always feel like it's a good live experience. It's like ah, just send the kids in, and everyone's like dancing all happily. Yeah, you know what? You need to be a real cynic to not appreciate that. I would have loved it to yeah. like if I was if I was like eight or whatever, yeah. and like the dogs like come in and dance with me. I'd be like, this is great. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> you. You know what I mean? It's, How is that a bad thing? It's good. We go back to Mean Gene now to hype up the big New Haven show, June twenty second. The Midnight Rockers are going to be there. And now we bring in George Steele. <laughs> now, the animal here is holding the latest WBF magazine, which shows a picture of Danny Davis. And Steele says, Danny Davis, bad. He has a point. <laughs> this is literally like the 83 shit. Yeah. It's Just same with thing. Gene instead. Yes. <laughs> it's real. Ring my bell now. Stretch. Stretch. And Gene's yeah. like, stretch what? Yeah. Davis, put chair on his head. Very good, George. I like that bye. Yeah, yeah. I'm just getting a little, uh, Gene just like, fuck this. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Very good, George. Okay, bye. Because it's starting to get like sick and t- twisted at the put chair on his head thing. You're like, oh God, where is this going? Gene's like, all right, enough with the new Haven. Get out of here. <laughs> Whatever. He Go to ringside where Johnny V leads out the new. The shitty dream team. Ew. <laughs> oh, horrible. Uh, I love him. Uh, v has his bandana. Mm-hmm. Jo- Johnny Five. <laughs> Bravo has his red coat. <sighs> Fucking fuck. You love Bravo. <sighs> Valentine. Horrible. He's horrible here. That's <laughs> great. Valentine has the uh, red and black robe, and he looks all annoyed. I don't blame him. <laughs> like He's got this frappy team member. He didn't ask for this. Like No, it's true. Honestly, Valentine got the shaft with all of this because he didn't ask for his partner to leave that they were good. He had no chemistry with Bravo either. No. Like, zero chemistry it's with It's no them. wonder this team lasted like a minute. And like <laughs> Valentine's like, I'll just go do singles again. Fuck this. It's Jimmy Hartback yeah. my manager, please. Yeah. Johnny yeah, V. Johnny, yeah, no more Johnny Like Jimmy Hart, who loves him. Yes. That's my Valentine, baby. <laughs> Hart, Valentine, get it, get baby. It. We're made for each other. The best thing Johnny V did in this whole run was Kaskase. Kaskase. It's literally I'm the best part. Yeah. Anyway, their opponents in the ring are at least notable. We got Scott Casey, who's actually good. I like him. And Lanny Poffo. Why is Genius dressed like Michael Jackson? <laughs> like seriously, he's got like a Michael Jackson style, like 1979 Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's just like off up. the wall off era. Off the right? wall era Michael Jackson get up on. The Michael Jackson. Like more glittery. A lot of know? glitter. Yeah. Uh, Lanny now with a poem about. <laughs> First, about how Superstars has good ratings. I'm not kidding. He says this. I'm listening. Superstars of Wrestling is a Nielsen delight, and the ratings just get better every show. And then he makes fun of Jesse Ventura and Predator. Vince like, he's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, the fake laugh. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Johnny V with a big hug for his team as Jesse says that this version of the Dream Team is actually better. No, just no. <laughs> they aren't. They're horrible. You know, I think immediately I stopped paying attention because Dream Team 2. You know what? I mean, look, I like Valentine. Yeah. I don't mind Bravo. I, I really don't, but this is not a good team. This was poopy. It's a shitty team. It, it Honestly, like, I feel like Barber was in his rights of, like, like <laughs> fucking, the fuck these, like, fucking these guys over. You because cutting it out? Yeah, the, mm. the, the, the minute Bravo came in, you knew this wasn't going to end <laughs> yeah, well. Like, yeah, because he's already lingering at WrestleMania 3. What is, get he's all like, here. I am better than both of them. And it's like, who? who uh, no one's ever heard of you. Like, <laughs> go go away. Get out of here. 
It's like these guys were the tag team champions. They were until they Why had that they nightmare. This loser with them. They were fine until yeah. the Rosemont. Yeah. Anyway, Jesse now says Bruno asked him for an autograph, and Bruno's like, ah, ha, ha, uh, that's my answer for that. Ah, ha, ha, that's what my answer to that. It was actually pretty funny the way he said it. What? <laughs> and we get a rare shot of the announcers at the table mm-hmm. as Vince, like, <laughs> has the jacket up. He's in, like, Yankees rain delay mode. Yeah, weird. You notice that? Yeah. Casey and Bravo start, go behind, reversed by Casey, reversed again, but Casey with a takedown and arm drag, both guys up, Bravo's pissed, Johnny V then gets all pissed at the cameraman outside because he has a bandana, his hair shitty, shove off by Bravo, Casey with a drop down, tries an arm drag, flips over the back, nice takedown by Casey. <laughs> wow, Bravo stinks, yeah. he's like having problems, like, like they're showing you yeah. that, like he's worse. Casey's kicking his ass. He is. It's good. It doesn't It doesn't change until like Valentine comes in yes! later. Like, it's real. <laughs> like, this is actually good, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Bravo with an arm ringer, reversed by Casey, re-reverse, tagged Valentine, who hammers away on Casey, Irish whip, shoulder block by Casey, off yeah. the ropes again, over the back by Casey, O'Connor roll is blocked, elbow by hammer, misses, Casey with an arm bar, eye gouge by Valentine, body slam. It was very proud body <laughs> slam, just saying. Very proud. You like the hammer in 87? He's okay. Not he's, bad, right? He's not bad. I feel like 89 is where he, he falls off, like after rugged Ronnie Garvin thing. When he's in double trouble. Yeah. And <laughs> double trouble is the initial fall. And then he just becomes second fiddle to Honky at that point. Yeah, which is not a fiddle that you want to be in 90. No, Honky's great. No, he is, but you yeah. don't want to be his fiddle. You don't want to be his fiddle. You don't want to be his you fiddle. You don't want to be second. No. <laughs> or second guitar, maybe yeah, we should say. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, tag back to Bravo off the ropes. Elbow misses by Bravo. Lanny's in now. Big rights. Drop kick to Valentine on the apron. Body slam on Bravo. Moon salt by Poffo. One. Ah, kick out by Bravo. Bravo really almost. <laughs> even Jesse, I believe, comments here and says, "Wow, he almost lost." Yeah. Like, like, Bravo stinks. They're kicking his ass. He's so easy. I know. Like <laughs> uh, Irish whip reversed by Bravo. Knee to the back by Valentine on the outside. Inverted atomic by Bravo. And Valentine's back in. Nice vertical suplexa. Of course, Bravo can't get anything done himself. <laughs> it's like so bad. Howard has to keep bailing him out. Yeah. Tag back into Bravo now. Side slam. Ugh. It's all over, folks. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it, Joe. It's a legitimately good little match, too. Yeah. It I was. Just, I just hate that they had to cheat like to prove that Bravo was so bad. Good heels, Quincy. Yeah. They had to cheat to win. Now time for the snake pit. If you don't know what that is, it's Jake Roberts hosting an interview segment, and it was never good. It looks like it's hosted from SeaWorld, <laughs> which is very weird to me. It looks like it's hosted from the Rainforest Cafe, yeah. Quinn. Just that weird table, Space, snake know, table goo snake. in the middle. I don't know what that is. Snake table goo. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I get why they would try Jake, because he's such a good talker. It just doesn't fit his character, no. I feel like. And nothing good ever happened on this. No. Except well, for the honky than, angle. Which has already happened. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's about it, though. Anyway, he's wearing a very festive tank top as he talks about how sometimes you hear you see things you don't like. I just have to say his tank top is terrible, not <laughs> festive. It's awful. He looks bad. Like he looks terrible. I can't just. describe it, but it's like stripy. But the cut is Very weird. Like navy themed or, or not or even nautical. No. Like you know the striped sailor shit. The the shoulders are too. It's the way it's cut. I, I, it's bad. It's very bad. I, it's, it's, it's very distracting. I can't even like look at him. So for Quinn, the thing you don't like to see is his tank top. But for Jake, the thing that he didn't like was WrestleMania three. Right. I like WrestleMania three. It's a good show. Well, there's something he didn't like, Quinn, oh. and he's gonna invite the people that were involved here. <laughs> So I'm thinking, okay, Hercules, Hercules, right? Harley Race. Yeah. No, entering the pit now is Hillbilly Jim and Little Beaver. I couldn't, I could not believe that on 
June 13th or whatever this <laughs> is. We are still following up on this. This is nothing. This is like a <laughs> joke in the middle that Bob Euchre could make a comment yeah. about like laundry and, and boiler. Shit. Yeah, uh, like, Ankles. This is, this, there is no purpose to going to the snake pit with Beaver and Hillbilly Jim. Does King Kong Bunny even work here still? No, he's there. He's okay. there. So we get a clip of what happened. Obviously, it's Bundy with the elbow drop on Beaver and all that. And mm-hmm. Hillbilly Jim basically hates fucking King Kong Bunny for the shit he pulled. And now Beaver very uh, eloquently explains, uh, I was hurt. I was in the hospital. He's sounding like he's 62 years old. I can say that I was hurt. I was in hospital. And I'm here to give this man here, Hillbilly Jim, advice. But he calls Bundy fat. That's not nice. That's not inaccurate, but I would calm down. I wouldn't say that to King Kong Bunny. He already kicked his ass once. He did, like, sit on him. (laughs) And he's 50 now, so he can't be taking shit like that anymore. Let's be real, right? It's true. It's a little old to be getting sat on by fat guys. Yeah. Anyway, we go to break. That was really invigorating. We come back (laughs) to Ricky Steamboat doing a very serious say no to drugs PSA. Quinny's on a natural high. He doesn't do drugs. Neither should you. I actually believe him that he doesn't do drugs. I honestly do, too. Yeah. I'm high. And I love it. Back to ringside now, Quinn, for an intercontinental uh, title match. Uh-huh. Mid-87. What mm. does that mean on Superstars? Well, the champion's Steamboat, right? So who's he defend? Uh-oh. That's all right. Honky Tonk Mama hits now. The scary music. And he, like, dances his way out. Honky Tonk Man is here with Jimmy Hart. Jimmy looks very determined. This is your moment, Jimmy. Zip, buddy. Intercontinental belt match. Here we go. Here we Let's go. Let's do it with the honky. With the honky, baby. He's, he's on top of the world. Very famous match here, folks. Yep. You're infamous. Uh, referee, Jack Kruger, which is perfect. Already looking angry. Yeah, the fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> better follow the fucking rules. I love him. I actually love him. Yeah, he's one of the best refs ever. We got to see him all those pay-per-views, and he's really good. Yep. Like, he acts like he gives a one shit. One of the best refs ever. <laughs> he is. He's excellent. Next, the epic strains of Sirius by the Alan Parsons Project fire up, and the Intercontinental Champion Ricky Steamboat comes out to a huge reaction. So over, and his music is so good. <laughs> Love it. Ding, 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 ding. Perfect. Crazy. Perfect. Crazy good. Now, Vince, meanwhile, does not think Honky Tonk Man is deserving of a title shot. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, <laughs> Jack Tunney approved it. Like, what? what is his problem? I, he did beat Jake yeah, at I, WrestleMania. I don't really understand what Vince, like, he goes on and on how he didn't deserve this title shot. I don't see any reason he doesn't. Almost anybody's really a contender for the Intercontinental Belt if you're a mid-quarter. I mean, look, I know Gorilla Monsoon is like a bit of a homer for the faces, but Vince is way worse. This is, like, (laughs) crazy how mad he gets about it. Fuck him, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse's like, why? (laughs) Like, what did he he do wrong? He he beats people, he beats jobbers every week like everyone else. Like, why the fuck doesn't he get an Intercontinental title shot? Not nice. Anyway, Honky attacks before the bell, slams Steamboat into the turnbuckles, tosses him over the ropes, but Steamboat skins the cat back in while kicking Jimmy oh. Hart. Hey, watch it. And then he tosses Honky out to a huge pop, and apparently Honky hurts his butt on I the I love bu- these two. They're like comforting. He's like, oh, my butt. Like, there, there's like a big, like, honky <laughs> g- 
Grimace. Oh, you're okay, baby. Don't worry, baby. Don't, this is it, baby. Just suck it up, baby. Yep. So Hongi's back on the apron here, gets back suplexed into the ring. Off the ropes, flying chopped by Steamboat. Honky's selling it all rubbery. Ah! It's good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Wow! He's good! He is He's so real good, good here. Quinn. Snapmare next snap by the dragon. He chases Jimmy Hart away, chops down the honk here. Jesse says that Honky deserves the shot because of his win against Jake Roberts. There you go. See? Somebody pointed it out. Fuck! It's not like yeah. Vince is. Vince is so biased. He is. He's worse he than Jesse. He specifically hates Honky Tonk Man like a lot. Fuck him, Jesse. Yeah. I hate him, Jesse. The piece of shit. What do you want him to do, McMahon? He beat Jake Roberts. Yeah. Well. He's not wrong. That's a high contender in the Intercontinental It division. is. More chops by the Dragon Irish Whip. Reverse. Baseball slide through the legs by Steamboat and an O'Connor roll gets two. Honky sends Steamboat into the turnbuckles, though, and on the kick out and uses a rope clothesline. Mm -hmm. Steamboat fires back though, but eats a knee and honky goes to work, you know, with his usual crummy offense. I love how dumpy absolutely <laughs> everything he does is it's no wonder people were so pissed about this. Yeah, because he looks like a joke. Yeah, it's so wonder it's so intentional when you look back at it too. It's like every single action he does is terrible. And I think that's why Vince is, you know, making such a yeah. fuss. I mean, honestly, right. yeah, you know, but, but it's just he's expressing what probably a lot of kids at home correct. are. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, yes. who is this loser? He why, stinks. Why is he fighting Ricky Steamboat? Yeah, exactly. He beat the Macho Man. Yeah, you know that type exactly. of thing. Exactly. Second rope on the inside by Honky, shitty elbow misses. Huge pop as Steamboat's back to his feet. Big martial arts kick. Snapmare. Honky's in trouble. Irish whip by Steamboat. Head down. Honky with a kick. Shake. Rattle. No. Back. Shake, rattle, and no. Yeah, really. <laughs> Backdrop out by Steamboat. <laughs> Just an utter failure, yeah. by the way. I know. Shitty finisher. Yeah. Honky charges. Goes, I love how crappy his finish is. Always, and it never, ever hits. It's so rare that he hits it. Only on jobbers, and only, like, sometimes. And all it is is a swinging neckbreaker with awful. theatrics. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's such a bad finisher. It's perfect. It fits Honky Tug Man to a T. Yep. Big chops by Steamboat, Irish whip, elbow to the gut, chop to the face. Steamboat heads all the way up on top. And while he's doing that, Jimmy Hart gets on the apron. Kruger comes over and gets all mad. Steamboat lands a flying chop on Honky anyway. Jimmy wasn't cheating this time, in my opinion. He was just trying to, like, warn Honky because he didn't want him to get hurt. Yeah, he's like, Honky like, is up there, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a, it's not like he's, like, actually, he's just getting, hey, watch out for him, that's Honky. All. Like, that's all he's doing. But Kruger, you know, he's very big on the rules, Quinn. Right. Jimmy got a little carried away. And he's like, hey! Yeah, get the fuck off! <laughs> so this was all distracting to the ref and he didn't catch the other stuff. That's all. So Steamboat's got Honky covered, but Kruger's still there admonishing Jimmy Hart. Mm -hmm. Steamboat gets up then, drop kicks Honky into Jimmy who flies off the apron. Honky gets caught in the ropes. Steamboat pulls him off. Small package by Steamboat. Honky grabs the ropes for a little bit of a shift on the leverage. Shifts right. over onto Steamboat. One, two, three! Holy shit! Got a pin here. Hardy Dog Man scoop. Oh, he's got the ropes. Wait a minute. Vince and Jesse don't seem to know what happened. It was very fast. I, even all, I was a little like, wait, okay, did... It all happened who, so suddenly. Yeah, who won? Now, Fink gets on the mic to announce the new Intercontinental he Champion. He, he won! I love it. I love, love it. it so much. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest. I can't believe it! Kruger presents Honky with the belt. He and Jimmy get the hell out of well, there. Well, I way. don't blame. Like, let's not <laughs> let's not look at if the rolling around and his right. hand was on the ropes or whatever. You know what's you know what's very interesting about this pin at the end here that what's I want to say. Go ahead. Is that again? I don't think it's almost like Honky's not intentionally cheating. 
it's weird how it's done because think about this, right? What happened was is he got in a small package and he put his hand on the rope to get out of it. Yeah. But he like almost unintentionally like he shifted his shifted momentum. Shifted his momentum and then Kruger started counting. It's a very weird like he, it's almost like an accidental win, which yeah. just makes it even I love better. The finish, which makes it, it's not it's not even a intentional cheating as much as an accidental. He was trying to get out of it and yeah. he rolled it over. It doesn't make Steamboat look stupid. It yeah. doesn't make Steamboat look like a bad wrestler. Yeah, Steamboat it, was kicking his ass. It doesn't make Honky look good either. Make, right. but it doesn't make him look like a cheater as much as he a luck, luck total luck Lucky. situation. And as we all know, this rain would work out right. <laughs> yeah. for a long time. So. Exactly. Jesse really rubs it in that. Uh, He's like, I told you, McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> History's been made. Jimmy now has both the Intercontinental Quinn <laughs> and the tag champions. Jimmy's like the best manager in the company. Love somehow. Steamboat's pissed, by the way, as we go to break. <laughs> Looking like a big loser. He's like, what? Come on. Like, he's like on the second rope. Like, this is bullshit. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, we come back. We get a replay. Now, Bruno says uh, the whole thing was confusing, but there's no question about it. Honky pinned him. Good. To be fair, I was confused too. Yeah, at first, I love that. Like Bruno's like, no, he pinned him. Yeah, he pinned he, him. He admits it. And of course, Vince. What's uh, interesting is Bruno doesn't say anything about his hand on the rope. No. Yeah. He, pin, he pinned him. He pinned him. And Vince, I don't think he pinned him. Like, what the fuck, Vince? <laughs> anyway, we go back to the ringside. Yes, for more action here. Well, this is super. So, gotta fit in one more. <laughs> there was like, there was like four minutes left. They're like, you know what? Let's just give you fuck another it. fucking match here. All the matches are two minutes anyway. <laughs> So we get a ringside where Howard Finkel introduces Silvano Sousa. Nobody knows who he is. Like, what? <laughs> no Who's idea. that? Yeah. Never heard of him. His opponent, let out by the Doctor's style, slick. No music, by the way. Yeah. That's not around yet. Not yet. Jive Soul Bro hasn't been written. The one man. Gang. Oh, there he is. Fucking good. Mm-hmm. Great. Love him. The 747, baby. Love him. And slick all dapper <laughs> in the red suit. I love it. He looks incredible. What a. What a pairing. Amazing I like they, got, they got onto this episode. It's like had the suit ready and everything. See, very yeah. good. Uh, John Bonello is probably the referee here. His gang gets in immediately fats towards <laughs> Sylvester. He just immediately Whatever kicks his, his ass, not even taking his coat off or anything. <laughs> so fuck this guy. He just immediately gets a, <laughs> Well, just in case anyone's the never... fattest <laughs> offense. The whole match, too. When we say... Fats into someone. That's literally what we mean. Like they just use their. They fat just use their chunk against them. To run into like, them. Like, like, just I don't know. Like, it's like it's like a torso, like bump. belly into them yeah. or something. Yeah, I love how he did. He just like <gasps> immediately. Too. He just walks in and just like right into him. And then he snaps him off the ropes. Then gang takes off his vest. Big stomp by the gang. Big fat clothesline. Oh, love it. It's just, all fat and shitty. Just a yeah, just get away from me, <laughs> Malonis. Watch the one man gang in '87. He's if you're that. looking for that kind of offense. You gang can pull is it very off, buddy. Good at it. Yeah. yeah, off the ropes in a stomp. Insert promo now from Slick and the gang. The Slickster just says, "Look at him." Basically, it's like, oh, it's, just look at him. Yeah. Okay. Gang's on the second rope, and he rides Sousa down to the mat. Yeah, the old Ivan Koloff uh, finish. There. That's right, Quinn. And uh, back up again. Elbow drop from the second rope by Gang. Just for fun. Like, he already had him with the other finisher. Yeah, he had no... I, he just, like, did this weird, like, I'm balancing or whatever, and it's like, oh, Doink. look, he's so fat, and he can balance on the ropes. What amazing things. That gets the win, Michael. I love it. Me too. I loved it. This, I, was, I, this was fun. I love One Man Gang. Yeah. To me and Gene now, for more new Haven fun, he wants a... Gene's very serious here. He's like, I want you seven or eight days before, get your tickets. New Haven. Fucking remember. <laughs> like, like, he won't shut up about it. Get your fucking tickets, yeah. Quinn. We now bring in Herc and Harley. Looking so proud. 
So Hark says that Patera is a big bitch for attacking Heenan. He's right. Wow. He, he also has to reiterate that Hercules, yes, he's the master of the full Nelson, and he kicked Billy Jack's ass at WrestleMania. It's true. He gave him a big, huge punch with the chain. And, that's right. And that's extra punch. Bloody nose yeah. with the chain. Yeah, extra punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harley says that Patera did the worst evil that any human being could have done to an individual that led him from nothing. And he says, by the way, fuck your Olympic medals, Ken Patera. You can't feed your family with that. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah. The way Harley talks, you know, I can't do it justice. Yeah, it's so it's very good. It's a good promo. Oh, and fuck Billy Jack Haynes in Oregon also. By yeah. the way. <laughs> Screw that. I love, I love this team. Herc and Harley, what yeah. a good team. Can you feed your family with medals? You better hope you can. Because after New Haven, Connecticut, medals are the only thing that you're going to have left. Back to ringside where Honky comes back I, out. I couldn't believe this. I this, didn't know this happened. I, ne- I never knew this happened. Now, a lot of people, I just want to make a point so we don't overlook it and no one gets all mad. There's in the long-standing rumor slash truth that Butch Reed was supposed to win the title and no-showed or was late to this taping and Hogan was like, oh, what about him? Put it on Honky, right? You can tell me how true that is, folks, based on how many, if there's a consensus or not. Because I've heard it, it wouldn't have been as good. No, I agree. It wouldn't yeah. have been as good. I've heard various things. I've heard it's not true. I've heard it's just a rumor. I've heard that Butchery did miss the taping, but that doesn't mean he was supposed to win the right, IC right. title. I've heard that he was considered, but they went with Honky. And I've heard that he was supposed to win, but he missed it. Just let me know what you've heard. And I've also heard, well, he, it ha- can't be true because there's that footage of him celebrating with Honky in the locker room. You've seen that, right? Yes. First of all, that aired on the week after this. Second yeah, of all... It could have all been filmed at the same time, right? That's what it, people are trying to say. It could also have been taped at the challenge taping the next night. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, whatever you know, let us know. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello, chaps. Just had to interrupt the proceedings while having my tea and crumpets over here. And just to clarify, all this Butch Reed rumour, and that's spelt with two U's, thing is all bullshit. Back at the taping before this on May 12th, they were hyping the Steena vs Honky match for the following week. And this was back when all the commentary was still done live and not dubbed in later. So fuck knows how all this Butch Reed stuff first started. Anyway, my tea is getting cold. Cheerio now. Bottom line is Honky's back out to the ring to celebrate. He gets this on the never happens. They never come back no. after. Like it's not like raw back like nowadays. I had no idea this happened, Quinn. Yeah, seriously. This is really weird. He gets on the mic and he thanks the fans very much for their support. <laughs> He's like, he's like, oh, acting like a face. He's like, this is, this is the people's belt. Yeah, he's like, I did it just for you. Yeah, thank you so much. This is your belt. This is for you. I'm going to defend it for you. This is amazing because he's continuing the thing where he thinks he's a face. Right. Like from like when he asked them for the show of support, (laughs) this is part of it. Am I a face? Yeah. Like he he still thinks he's face. I love it. I knew I could do it with your support. I knew you'd be Um, he calls it explains for, Jimmy, too, a lot. It's true. Yeah. Because Jimmy's just supporting his man. Yeah. I told you, Jimmy's been a face all along. He loves his guys. Like, yeah. Jimmy's not that unscrupulous. No. Is he more morally trustable than Bobby Heenan? Yes. Mr. Fuji? Yes. Slick? Yes. Hulk Hogan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, 
Jimmy's not that bad of a guy. No, he isn't. He just, like I said, he gets carried away. He's a he very emotional excited. guy. He'll cheat occasionally, but so does Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Just saying. It's not any worse. Right? That's all I'm trying Just to saying. say. Uh, anyway, Honky now calls for the music. But he calls for it because he wants to give the fans. Like, he's like you I know, know you want me to dance. He's like, I want to reward you for <laughs> your support, essentially. Right? That's what he says. So, so the music hits, and he dances all happily to send us home. And he thinks they like it. It's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. I want to do this for you. He's I'm like, the- his face is like completely oblivious <laughs> to like that they hate it. They're all booing, and he's just like, yeah. It's, like, it's amazing. I love it. Um, and Vince runs down next week. Like, while this is happening, <laughs> they keep like clipping from Honky to pr- to show that it's still going on, but they have to show their other graphics. So next week, we're going to have George Steele. And we clip back to clips of Honky dancing. <laughs> yeah, like, like they're doing the graphic, and then it goes back to Honky. It's wonderful. It's so good. We're going to have the Can-Am Connection. We're going to have Killer Con. More clips of Honky as, like, 80s children are living in the worst timeline. <laughs> you can just, like, feel the hate. Oh. Like, they're just like, this is horrible. Like, Honky Tonk Man celebrating, like, a face. <sighs> Yeah, if you if you were a kid watching wrestling during this time, I can just feel their disappointment. I want to hear it because to have the heroic victory for Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three unseated the Macho Man. Yeah, he hadn't lost in forever. Yeah, and now this fucking rubbery joke of a thing comes in and just like who thinks he's your friend right <laughs> like, like that's the worst part and he accidentally wins yeah. right like, yeah barely. literally accidentally wins i want to know what you thought folks let us know that but man uh, oh also i'll have the heart foundation versus the killer bees i okay. guess for old time's yeah. sake <laughs> they, always, they always fight what is it what a 1985 around here mm-hmm. anyway we proudly fade away with honky's theme playing like directly in audio mm-hmm. with no crowd it's so good this is a great show quinn <laughs> what what a fun time wonderful absolutely classic episode of superstars yeah <laughs> like, seriously. seriously it's great thank you ian for that yeah well this is like you know every now and then we get a really good episode of superstars but the reason most of them are good is because of the pacing. Also when something happens. Something happened on this one. Yeah. The pacing, Quinn. I mean, how many fucking matches? Just boom, 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 I can't boom. Even. There were so many. Honestly. Like six. Great time. Yeah. And obviously Honky Tonk Man, the uh, start of the biggest IC title run of all time. The there longest. It is. The longest. Heat machine. And folks, thank you so much for being with us here. Again, we want to remind you, you can suggest specific things for us to review on our Facebook group. We will, of course, be back next week as we do episode 222, which will be the kickoff of the Royal Flush for this season. Don't forget, if you want us to change your mind, you can also do that on Facebook. But until next time, until next week, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. We will see you next week for episode 222. See ya. Davis! Bad! He hits you in the head with a bell. Still hurt, George? Ring! My! Bell! No! Stretch! Stretch! Yes, stretch, stretch what? Davis! Davis? Put... Chair on his head. Will you stop? stop, 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 stop.